Yes, hello. I am James Rowlands, and today it's a WNR three five four. It's WWE WrestleMania Backlash, but I'm not alone because I have the pleasure to be joined by Jaxie Scarlett. How you doing? Oh, here we go. Okay, going into WrestleMania two point oh. I'm ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, you're on the show. Last time you won was the anniversary show. I just like to thank you for not only taking part. Uh, but just, you know, being on there and the response that we got from that and especially with you on there as well was incredible. So just thank everybody oh, who, who's listening right now. Awesome. No problem. Thank you so much for having me. I had such a blast and thank you to everyone who listened. It was so much fun. Yeah, it really was. I mean, like I said, I don't normally say it, but it was one of my probably one of my favourite podcasts that I've ever done. And as you yeah. can tell, I've, I've done 350 of them. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Yep. <laughs> anyway yeah, even my, even my father checked it out so you know he gave he gave you props as well so you you've got some uh you know props from from papa ferguson over there well thank you like i said thank you very much um and of course like i say um you're joining us now because we call follow all of wwe stuff last event that we had was wrestlemania uh but the big news after wrestlemania because of course we watched the raw as well was that WWE announced the release of several superstars on the Thursday, including Samoa Joe, Billy Kay, Paint Royce, Mickey James, Kalisto, Chelsea Green, Bo Dallas, Wesley Blake Tucker, and Mojo Rawley. Now, before I get your thoughts on all this, I have been saying for years Mojo Rawley shouldn't be a WWE superstar. And it's not vindication because it's never fair when someone loses their job. But that is probably out of most of them that I saw. That was the one that I was happy with, if you can be happy. But there was a couple that devastated me. What were your thoughts? Because I know you were a big fan of a couple of them there. Yeah. So, I mean, an initial reaction was literally, what the fuck? You know, um, but upon, you know, sort of calming down before I actually started bad mouthing WWE on Twitter, <laughs> um, I, I kind of gathered my thoughts and I actually thought to myself, do you know what? Good, because half of these superstars, WWE don't even deserve to have on their roster. Because they are so talented and they are just being wasted sat there. So as much as I was gutted that Samoa Joe um, and, and Billy Kate were released uh, and, and Peyton Royce, um, you know, they were some of my favourites. I also know that they have got so much talent that they are going to be snapped up by any single promotion at, at any given time. Um, and, and I know that we're going to see them back in action again soon. Um, I'd like to kind of you know, hold hopes and fingers crossed that Samoa Joe does return back to sort of in-ring action. Um, where that where that will be, I have no idea, but I'm just kind of excited at the prospect of it. Um, but it was really ultimately sad just to kind of see this happening, you know, a year after such a, such a shitty year for everyone. But it, and it's, you know, like I said, it was on the day, a year to the day that they had to kind of mask hold year of course for like Kurt Hawkins and uh Zach yeah. Ryder uh, and it's happened again now and and for me it's 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 a disappointment because it's missed opportunities and you know you've got a couple yeah. of wrestlers there that maybe you go okay but look at the iconics I mean we were even storylining them you know return at mania coming back the same with Samoa Joe answering Roman Reigns's call and it feels like yeah. it's WWE dropping the ball as much as it is the talent themselves you know exactly exactly and um it, it's a shame because I feel like they never got to um, have the opportunity to really showcase what they could do within the promotion. But I also hope that this uh, also gives 
a lot more of the different wrestling promotions out there a lot more instinctive to actually pick these uh, these uh, free agents up and actually showcase what they can do because you know they, they were part of the WWE for a reason the WWE picked them because all of them had talent you know um so they they just didn't as you said didn't get the opportunity to showcase it do you think it's a case if AEW because I know a lot of people that will oh, sign them all to AEW uh, is it a yeah, case but- it, it, uh, I don't. I don't. I don't think it's a case of everyone going to AEW. I do think that you know, when AEW first came out, um, it it was uh, it it was something fresh and something new because they had so many fresh new faces on there. Now, yes, of course, with uh, you know, the devastation that came from the first sort of Black Wednesday, as they called it, um, there was there was a lot of uh speculation as to who was going to turn up in AEW from that but this isn't something that Tony Khan can keep doing on a regular basis especially when he's got such a strong influx of wrestlers as it is so you know we can't expect him to be made of money and continuously being able to kind of pick up every wrestler that's out there however what AEW are doing right is that they are promoting other promotions such as Impact and new japan and that's getting other wrestling fans interested in those promotions so then so even the prospect of having some of the 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 bigger named stars that have just recently been let go by ww join the likes of potentially impact or even new japan is so exciting because there's so many new wrestling fans it being introduced to new content right now so right now i'm just excited to see where any of them go I, and I'm not expecting them all to be picked up by AEW well there's not much I can add to that that was brilliant so we'll move on now to the <laughs> Smackdown. <you>. Smackdown after <laughs> Wrestlemania it's April 16th uh we get Michael Cole with the new commentary of Pat McAfee on commentary what were your thoughts uh, what are your thoughts on Pat McAfee as a person before we tear him apart as a commentator <laughs> okay so as a person, I just really was not interested, but I have to give him credit. That War Games match was absolutely amazing, and he held his own, so he did gain a little bit of my respect. That being said, his mouth gains none of my respect. Well. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's putting it bluntly right there. <laughs> well, we'll see how he gets on. Uh, we see Universal Champion Roman Reigns, of course, flanked by right-hand man Jey Uso and Paul Heyman, kicking off the SmackDown. Heyman party with Daniel Bryan and Edge's Hall of Fame credentials for handover the mic to the Tribal Chief. I uh, just want to say, did it seem like a bit like a dream that Roman Reigns actually pinned Bryan and Edge and pinned them on top of each other? Because when you think about it now, it seems such a mythical moment, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, really I mean, you, you go back to that, that's... Um, that moment when he pinned them and then you're like oh yeah that did actually happen <laughs> it's crazy like wow um like i said they put over the hall of famers but you know he said that no one wants a part of roman reigns uh he's before they could leave los made his way to the ring before he could address the head of the table so and watch his reigns do so and heyman exited refusing to acknowledge threat to the title so i will say roman reigns had had worse reactions the night after wrestlemania than he did uh this year i think it'd be fair to say <laughs> <laughs> um but this was subtle and cesaro looked great and didn't really say anything i mean what were your thoughts on this and the kind of the way we're looking it's going to go well i mean i i'm always excited when i get to a chance to see cesaro um especially kind of seeing that it looked like he was being given this push and um just kind of seeing him come out it was just something different you know it's not Jey Uso it's not anyone else um 
so yeah it was something fresh and something new and I was quite intrigued to see kind of where the, where they were going to go with this storyline all right that we get Mysterio and Otis next uh we see Mysterio winning with a roll-up I mean at least Otis and Gable are still employed I suppose uh I think one thing that gets overlooked is how great Ray can still move at his age with all the injuries yeah. that he's it's 20 years now. Yeah, it's incredible. Definitely. More than 20 years. Definitely. Yeah. As as we'll soon discuss, you can t- you can tell he's still got it. Without a doubt. I mean, it was a fun match. It keeps him in the hunt. And then we see Sami Zayn demanding a match with Kevin Owens. He said there's no one to provide a distraction. No way for you to steal a win. Uh, Zayn managed to evade a stunner before losing the match via count out to Owens. But then Owens rushed the ramp. Fought Zayn back in the ring and delivered a stunner anyway. It uh, looks like they're keeping this feud going. Give him something to fight over, I suppose. And Pat seems to be settling in and arguing with Cole. And that always seems to be good when a, a commentator kind of gets comfortable in their position, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. I do get you there. Uh, but these two can't have a bad match anyway. Zayn is such a strong heel. And afterwards, comes quite up with a new Intercontinental Champion Apollo Cruz and Commander Aziz. And Cruz christened the move formerly known as Simone Spike as the Nigerian Nail. Um, I mean, I do like repackaging. Uh, to be fair, and to see Aziz now as this new character, kind of probably going to work out for him, isn't he? I mean, Cruz is super confident, and I guess is it the only the booking that's going to let him down at this point? I mean, I, that's I feel like that's TBC. With when it comes to him, um, I wasn't too excited, kind of seeing his introduction into sort of uh, this connection with Apollo Cruz. However, I am thinking it is the right decision. I'm not really sure how strong he would be on Mike so I feel I feel like you know sort of playing the big bodyguard type character is is a good entry point for him to sort of really start to hone his skills get used to like kind of being around Mike talk um and and things like that it, it, he, it's an exciting prospect to see him grow within the company to then maybe be able to uh, have the chance to have great matches among the likes of of possibly Braun and Omos. However, that all three of those men really need to kind of hone their skills as big men wrestlers in the ring. Like, and, and when I say big men wrestlers, I'm I'm really kind of envisioning Undertaker and Kane in my head. You know, they had every they had everything going for both uh, for both of them. You know, the 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 wrestling moves they were. You could tell the dedication was there. It was clean. It was tidy. So these are small little things that these sort of big male wrestlers that are coming into it now just need to kind of study more. They need to study Kane and Undertaker more, I would say. And I think they could have potential to have such great mammoth matches um, that will really draw the viewers in again. But they really do need to kind of have that time, that screen time, to start honing their skills and get getting more confident within the ring. Yeah, and I think just putting like a big man as a manager might not work and we've, we've kind of seen it fail before we can only maybe a handful of times think of someone who's kind of grown from that role to become you know like a champion or something like diesel with Shawn yeah. michaels or you know there's, mm-hmm. there's so many kind of tyson tomcos uh, and luther reigns and and people that have kind of yeah. pulled by the rain side that you know definitely. i feel like um you know a perfect example of that is definitely got to look at aew's uh mjf and wardlow um I didn't really think much of Wardlow when he came into AEW. I thought he'd just kind of be like a powerhouse um, that might not be so good on mic. Um, but as soon as he he partnered up with MJF, 
I can see him each week growing. Um, yeah. And I, I'm a lot more excited to kind of see what he can do in the ring and outside of the ring, you know, and that that's a complete change from kind of how I felt of, about him as a wrestler when he first came into it. And I do think that that is major growth with someone when he's working with someone as confident as MJF. Um, yeah. And I, I think the same could be same with uh, uh, the same said with Apollo Crews because of Apollo Crews now being given this opportunity to sort of shine per se, even though in, he's in a heel role, he, he's very good on mic and, and things like that. So he's, he's got the skills and, and we're just finally getting a chance to see that, but maybe that will kind of help um, with, with, with their characters. Yeah, I think without a doubt. We see Pat putting over the profits and then Blair Street Profit Celebration and foretold to go get the tag titles because we only wear gold in this house. And then Hank's walking out in an interview with Caleb Braxton a moment later. Bailey spoke to the Port Richard, a challenger to Blair for a title opportunity. Banks may be scarred for life. I mean, um, this was a kind of really nice segment with uh, Bianca Blair's uh, celebration here. Um, but, you know, it looks like they've kind of built momentum now and they need to take it to that next step you know what i mean they've got the goodwill from yeah. wrestlemania let's move on mm-hmm. now bailey banks and belair you can't really go wrong with that either you really can it's the three b's the top b's um and you know every time one of these women are on the mic they they do not um they do not give a bad promotion to, uh, a promo so for for me it was just exciting us to see where this was going to go yeah, I think without a doubt. Then we see the Prophets versus the uh, Dogs for the tag titles. Uh, Ziggler executed a blind tag and dropped four with Zigzag for the pinfall victory and a successful title retention. And uh, can the Dirty Dogs be a success or will they split as soon as the Loon lose the tag team titles? Uh, it's a fun match, but of course with a good talent involved there, you know. Mm, yeah, I mean, that's all you can really say about that match. It was a good, decent match, but Again, I feel like the tag titles are just sitting at the moment. I feel like we need to kind of do something about the tag division to really kind of shake things up, you know? Yeah, I completely agree. And another division maybe needs a little bit shaken up is the women's division of SmackDown because Natalia battled Chania Basler. Uh, next up, Natalia for the victory. And after the match between the Rock Jacks with Superkicks to tour with a partner close out the segment. Uh, I'll put the women's tag division as a joke. Let's give them time. This was the most rushed thing on the entire show. So it must have annoyed yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it annoys anyone, when, especially when it involves some, someone along the likes of Shayna Baszler. I'm really sorry, but when you actually go to sort of her entry, entrance, back to her entrance to the main roster, not even NXT, but to the main roster, she was clearly so dominant. She was clearly a, a, a woman to be feared. And I think it was the, the worst decision that they made, sort of pulling her out of sort of the title picture or even in her a singles run, specifically just because Becky's uh, pregnancy announcement. Um, I think that was really poor. And I just think they've been just going in a, the, the wrong direction with Shayna completely. Yeah, I completely agree if you're there and during a backstage encounter with Alan Pierce and Sonia Deville Cesaro threw down a challenge for a non top match against a big dog instead he got Uso in the main event Cesaro downed Uso and delivered the swing only for Seth Rollins to attack from out of nowhere uh, he left Cesaro laying and said he is the be all and end all of this industry I mean it was a great match between the two um, it was a good show but not ground baker I guess we'll see on the way to backlash what did you think of Smackdown's main event yeah I mean again I feel like you just said it perfectly it 
you know it wasn't match of the year but it was a it was a great match and both talents were really well together yeah, I think without doubt. Right, deep breath now because I'm going to talk about Raw. Uh, I put myself through it, so this is just quick notes. And I've, I've kind of changed up how I talked about it, so hopefully this works out a little bit better. So the 19th <laughs> okay, of April. Let's hope. Uh, Virk says lots of storyline developments. Um, does he mean feuds? Because I don't want to see behind the curtain, all right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's not. <laughs> Do you believe that? Like story, oh, lots yeah. of storyline developments. Uh, well, I thought it was real. Uh, anyway, McIntyre <laughs> with McIntyre with a good promo recapping last week. Uh, T Bar and Mace come out, but he wants MVP. MVP comes out and says, Congratulations. Bobby thinks he's a worthy adversary to beat, but Mr. T and Mr. M have nothing to do with the hurt business. But they did show up, and uh, McIntyre did get fucked up again. I watched this segment and then multiple replays. Like, and then multiple replays and then Pierce what uh, Drew wants Pierce to make the match and Adam says tag or nothing so that first half hour of Raw 40 minutes I saw the same thing probably eight times yeah yeah I'm just I'm putting it out there I'm just putting it out this well, is what well, I'm going dedication through dedication right there that's dedication I could have fast forwarded but no I might miss a an interesting backstage promo um anyway <laughs> <laughs> thought you might miss something well the former hurt business in action next versus the viking raiders i have no faith in the WWE tag team division but they were great in nxt and of course back from injury now cedric benjamin looked good and uh, lieutenant each other has been quietly dropped <laughs> little did <laughs> i know uh, but the hills were in control. <laughs> the hills were in control. The Viking Raiders were able to turn things around and get the win with the Viking Experience match. Uh, have you seen much of the Viking Experience Raiders? Uh, what were your thoughts on them as a team? I mean, I I did like them um, until it became a novelty that you know they were doing that whole thing of you're cute but you're not. Like it it that all of those little short sections really started to. Um, annoy me, um, make me really annoyed with the Viking Raiders because of it. Like I said, it was a novelty, and it's like you know, you do it once or twice, and it's funny, but you were doing it every week, and it's just like, why, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I personally, I felt like they could have had a bigger, better impact had they brought them back during, say, like the tag team match at WrestleMania, you know, and just like kind of all of a sudden had them there. Uh, the impact that they got was minimal to none. <laughs> <laughs> That's been nice. Their return. And, you know, <laughs> usually usually after WrestleMania is when you make all these big returns and it it didn't have that pop because guess what? You had people watching like their live WrestleMania and, and you could have had a pop for the Viking Raiders return then, but you fucked it. Well, to piss you off more, they show Charlotte's promo from last week. I followed up with Charlotte with a promo from this week. She says uh, she's the biggest star in the division, which is not difficult when there's not that many left. Yeah. Rip, she's beaten both Ripley and Oscar at WrestleMania, though, we should say. So, you know, credit for her. Uh, Oscar and Ray Ripley came out, but nothing much happened there apart from Charlotte making Oscar look a bit stupid. But Oscar did call her a bitch. We get another replay of Drew, but handicap match is set. And then we get a backstage interview with Randy Orton interrupted by Riddle. Orton immediately went to Adam Pearce to start the match despite having no idea who Riddle was. Uh, two of my least <laughs> favourite there. 
Bro was able to avoid the RKO and rolled Orton up for an upset win. This was a half-fought, well-told story. I actually enjoyed this. Both played their parts well. I was a little bit shocked just because I think Matt Riddle is a massive moron, you know? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, if you if you look at the word idiot in the dictionary, there's Matt Riddle, you know? That's what you think. But, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm thoroughly enjoying this sort of weird relationship forming between Matt Riddle and Randy Orton is, is, is one of those ones that, again where it's an unlikely pair randomly team up and work well together kind of reminds me of when who was it it was Pete Dunne and and Matt Riddle yeah just would never have thought those two worked but they worked so well I was actually extremely gutted that he was moved from NXT to um to the main roster because if I felt like you know it, I felt like we could have seen more come from both Matt Riddle and Pete Dunne, especially because Pete Dunne had returned shortly after. Yeah. Uh, so we get Lana and Naomi versus Baszler and Jax next. <laughs> oh, you the... don't agree. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I just, I, I, I like the Broserweights, like I said, with, with, with Pete Dunne involved in that. Uh, but obviously Pete Dunne, the, the thing is with Matt Riddle, uh, and my problem with him has been the, the gimmick is I don't know how you can take that, not seriously as such, or how you can become someone as big, you know, a main event talent with that gimmick. Yeah. It, well, I, you know, being not, an idiot I, is not, do you know what I mean? I'm not That's not praise for that. Uh, what I'm saying is I'm, I'm gutted that he's on the main roster because he really should have just stayed on NXT. I, I felt like he was doing well on NXT and um, as much as I, I'm finding it um, a little bit comical between him and Randy Orton, he, he's a novelty that wears off really quickly. But the thing is, is that Orton beats The Fiend at WrestleMania and then the, not the, the, the Raw, you know, after basically or two weeks later, he then loses to Matt Riddle. Yeah. And he's just you're going, well, wow. OK, well, but like you said, there's, there's more to that story. Yeah. Well, Lana Naomi versus Basil and Jackson. Next, and the Barbies. See what we did there. Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke came out and played a few embarrassing <laughs> clips of Jax as a distraction. Jax angrily ignored a tag from Basil and went after Rose and Brooke, leaving the partner high and dry. Uh, Lana got the win. I have no faith with WWE with the women's division either. No, and I'm, I'm so, got a lot of faith. I'm about to say, is this like written in Naomi's contract where she's not allowed to have a match longer than five minutes? <laughs> I, I don't know i i think they're just kind of like do you know what we 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 give um most of our, our screen time to jimmy and jay Uso, so because of that um as a result we're just going to take that time away from you so just just no me come here no me certainly no me come here go fuck yourself right <laughs> yeah, I mean, basically, basically like you know we could definitely be doing so much more with half of the women's division and instead no they're doing pointless squash matches that last like three minutes I will say, nice selling of the arm by Lana, and God does love a trier as well. Uh, this was okay, but dumb, but okay, still dumb. Uh, Bad Bunny's tour was sold out as well. Fair play to him. Uh, I wonder if you hit during one of his sets. <laughs> you know, like that. <laughs> Possibly. Show off what he can fan. do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, we then get Miz TV and Miz with Maurice, and this pair for me is money. No Morrison. Uh, these two make me sick in a good way, you know. Um, yeah. Priest in, interrupts. He makes a joke about Miz being about as real fighter as Jake Paul, uh, uh, losing his pants as well. Maurice ended up accepting a challenge on her husband's behalf. 
this was actually quite funny. I don't know why Reese so much, but it just I take Miz maybe more seriously with her. Yeah, I I think she's got that certain presence about her that um and she's really good on the mic. So it just kind of ends up creating more drama in a good way. Um so I could I could get behind this match, especially with, with all that took place on Miz TV. However, I was also kind of like, can we not see him face someone other than the Miz or Morrison? Seriously. Seriously. I think it's written into his contract that it has to be against Miz or Morrison. Uh, like right. you said, with... <laughs> you have to face the Miz and Morrison at least 12 times, once a month. And then after that year of you facing them, then you can move on to some other two other people. It might be like yeah. Drew Gulag and Akira Tozawa. Well, other two people, Elias versus Kofi Kingston was next. So the man WWE hate in action here. But uh, I do love the New Day. Xavier Woods was playing bass instead of trombone. I mean, he is a talent playing on the way to the ring, playing the Austin theme. Yeah. There, there was also a match as well. Um, unfortunately, <laughs> they screwed up the SOS, but eventually hit a close two count. Elias, Elias counted a hurricanrana, hit a flying elbow drop for the clean win. The jobber wins. Uh, thank God New Day is so entertaining because Elias just beat Kofi Kingston. But I guess we should just ignore that match. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty sure WWE want us to forget all about that match, especially with what like takes place, you know, um, a, f- a few weeks later. So it's kind of like <laughs> WWE just really don't know what they're doing. They're throwing a yo-yo right now. Yeah, or as in shit against a wall and seeing what stick. But anyway, we got Alexa yeah. Bliss's playground. And uh, Bliss told a story about how she and her doll friend had been friends for some time. And Lily once made her break a little girl's arm on a playground. She noted that Lily has no problem letting people know if she doesn't like something. And said that Lily doesn't like all the little girls on the Raw roster. Okay, Fiend is gone because Lily doesn't like him. But why should she put up with Bray for so long in the first place? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to make some enemies by saying this, but I'm, I'm just really not feeling the whole Alexa Bliss storyline. Um, and I feel like Nikki Cross should just come and slap her out of it already. Oh, unless she is going to be Lily or something. About the moment, Lily is the new head. Uh, anybody that doesn't know that with Al Snow. Uh, Drew faced uh, T-Bar and Mace next. And Mace and T-Bar uh, double-teamed him until the ref called for the bell. That's when Braun Strowman came down to make the save. Uh, afterwards, Again, we returned. Though, can I just actually point out that it was a handicap match? So why were they the DQ'd? Look, look. All we know is that when we return from... <laughs> all I know is when I returned from an ad break, it was a tag team match. And I wondered where Teddy Long was just to come running out at that point just to yeah, say tag I don't understand why Braun was coming out for the save when it was a handicap match in the first place well another thing I didn't understand was why they had their masks masks on and have had them on for the past you know six months how why they so easily came off I know McIntyre actually you know ripped the mask off as such uh, but then Strowman did exactly the same to T-Bars and then all of a sudden you're thinking so what, they brawn and drew like kind of chums or something like this? You know, the match ended in a no contest. It would have made more what? sense using Sheamus, wouldn't it, in that run? I mean, that would have made a lot more sense, I think, at this point. But then again, you know what WWE are like. They're always like, do you know what? You two are going to like have some sort of like mini feud. So guess what? We're going to pair you together first. I think we're at that. first. That's the it's, rule with WWE. It's just, I mean, I'm surprised the commentators didn't recognise Dylan Madden because, uh, of course, he was a commentator <laughs> on Raw. Then again, do we, exactly. we, do we want a masked Verk attacking everyone in a year's 
it's time. You know, Advin well, I mean, Burke on a rampage. <laughs> again, I feel like we're going to kind of get to more ridiculousness talk about what actually happens on WWE content anyway. But this is not even surprising with what comes up. Well, we've got Priest versus Miz next for the 55th time. And after kicking that data pin, Priest hits finisher for the win. This wasn't a bad match, but it's 50-50 booking. It's not helping. And he needs Again, to move away yeah. from the Miz now. Yep. yep. Uh, Sheamus out next. Challenge. Here comes Alberto Carrillo. Uh, note, the US champ just beats the piss out of him. There will be a match for next week. I bet it. Um, I was looking forward to this main event, actually. Oscar versus Charlotte. They've got crazy chemistry and charlotte's turned into the new bobby getting two entrances of course <laughs> uh charlotte uh, managed to avoid the oscar lock went into the figure eight and then ripley calls her to break the hold this allowed uh, the empress to roll charlotte up the queen then attacked the official after the match and beat him down even two other referees couldn't stop him though she wanted to and it felt it was just warming up and the finish came no one looked good in this. this is a fire match but the women's division is papering over the cracks and the big story is charlotte got suspended and a hundred grand fine so we won't be seeing her for a long time yeah okay <laughs> uh raw was shit it took me four <laughs> hours to get me through it four hours um smackdown can't get any worse but before that we had trash bag gate because mickey james was sent her personal belongings in trash bags uh the biggest name in this is mark carano who was fired Uh, he was the senior director of talent relations for many years in wwe um but you know it's not a good look mickey james put it on there what were your thoughts on this i mean personally i I thought it was really disrespectful to someone as as uh, to someone as what I would call a veteran of the business and someone who gave it her all and was was quite a good talent within the business. So just poor poor on WWE's side. But I think the biggest disappointment came from hearing about the the firing of Mark Rana because of I just kind of felt like it was more of a scapegoat sort of thing. But how much do we really believe it was really him that did it? Or did they just kind of use him as the reason to, uh, you know, try to uh, keep things calm in the media by firing someone? So I felt like he was just more of a scapegoat. Yeah, I mean, they're all scum, really. I mean, they've been going on apparently for a long time. Mickey James was the first yeah. one to call them up on it as well, you know. Exactly. Yeah, the thing with WWE is because it's such a big, again, not defending them, because it's such a big fucking corporation, they, they, you know, the single people, the way people are getting treated is obviously not being uh, checked upon as such, you know, and it's just kind yeah. of, it's just annoying, you know, when it's such a big company makes so much fucking money and they can't, you know, send treat a, their staff right, especially when yeah. uh, those staff members are, are the ones that are actually bringing in the money for them, you know, and they can't even do the right thing by what, put, packing it up in a box and sending a courier. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Well, SmackDown can't be any worse than Raw, what we've just talked about. Like, we had a nice promo recap in Mania and what happened last week. So I was out before being interrupted by Rollins. Rollins was excellent, taking credit for everything. Jake on that start two on attack, but Brian arrived to put Star over and even the and bragged about his WrestleMania victory for Brian and Cesaro loses and exit this arena. This led to a tag team match, Rollins and Uso versus Cesaro and Brian. The opening promo was just far too long and so WWE. Uh, The match was, of course, good and the talent involved. Uh, Brian was worked on the majority of it. um, And, of course, Cesaro and Brian won with a hard-fought victory. And after the match, Brian called Reigns out while Cesaro delivered a swing 
to Uso, Roman wouldn't save Jay the way his cousin had before he saved him in every championship match. You know, the match is over, ends with a new champion. And the Bayface is tall to close out the segment. Uh, this felt long, but much of this is making Cesaro look good. What were your thoughts? Um, I agree. I felt like it was a, a, a long segment that really didn't need to be that long. It actually felt long. Um, but that being said, I really love Daniel Bryan and Cesaro and I love their teamwork together. So it really entered. No, I think without a doubt, you know, it'd be interesting to see where that goes there. We had Nia versus Tamina next. Reg returned. He had missed WrestleMania and uh, we enjoyed his absence so much that we didn't mention it actually on the WrestleMania podcast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, but we see Reginald lead the distraction that allowed Tamina to score the roll-up uh, win, uh, the old roll-up finish. Eh? WWE can't wait yeah. to break up another tag team in Baseball and Jacks, can they? It's just, it's just nope. tell them. Um, like you could just tower at this point. Well, but I will say Tamina didn't look terrible. No, she didn't, and she's definitely getting better in the ring. But I just, it's just WWE's booking. It's just their booking. Hire me. Come on, just hire me because I could create so much better storylines than this. And guess what? There are other women in the division for them to be facing instead of the same four people week in, week out, which we will continue to see as you go on with more future Raw and standouts. Well, backstage, we get a nice change with Biggie and Owens. Kev will be champ. Biggie doesn't want him insane joint commentary. Owens dropped the champion on the ring apron, but distracted by Z's called Cruz to score the roll-up win over um, Kevin Owens, but Owens hit Apollo with a stunner for being spiked again. Then Zayn did a kind of happy dance over him. Um, poor Kev, but he always gives his best. Uh, it's he a really, really does. I match. feel like he's always that one, that you know, that one character that you see in, in movies, especially, you know, um, like sort of fighting movies where there's just one character that continues to get beat down on but he continues to get up and keep fighting that's kevin owens for you and like you said um he never puts on a bad match it's just such it's such a great match and i'm watching Sami Zayn even be there as even entertaining so well it's like that smackdown does have a great roster you know when you look at the four men there involved uh i will say pat mccaffrey's a bit more comfortable as well cruz was happy Backstage by Big E, Aziz arrived too late, so what was the fucking point of him? But anyway, we then see <laughs> Michael Cole through to a new vignette for the returning Alistair Black, who read from a book entitled The Dark Father, chastised viewers as the enigmatic promo came to a close. Fucking get in. This was brilliant. Oh, it was so exciting to see Alistair Black finally return. Um, I don't know how many people have been waiting for this, um, but I really hope they use him well this time. Because Alistair Black is great in ring, out ring, whatever he does, but he's not been given the right opportunities. So please don't fuck this up, WWE. Call me if you need any help. <laughs> well, we see Caleb Braxton <laughs> catching up with the SmackDown Tag Team Champions as the Street Profits interrupt in a tense stare down. And then Bailey broke it up and then talked trash on Bianca Belair, uh, who confronted Bailey backstage. Uh, I mean, this felt like impact with the good segments and vignettes backstage without having to have a fucking match involved in it as well. Yeah. Uh, but Bailey got embarrassed by Bellas at WrestleMania, but should be a cracker at seed. Uh, we see the Mysterios versus Alpha Academy. And with Otis subdued at ringside, we see Ray scaling ropes and delivering a smash for Gable for the win. I mean, this was good. Cole said both teams will be champs one day. Either that or future endeavoured when it comes to Gable and Otis, wouldn't you say? Yes, I, I do agree. However, it's just with the wrong people. I, I'm, I might be just, you know, really stiff on this. But um, 
I, I, I can't really get behind. I'm not a fan of Otis and Gable together as a tag team. Um, I know that Tucker's uh, no longer with the company, um, but I honestly believe that they, for me, they just, they just don't work as a tag team. Well, we got onto the main event and everyone met in the ring to find out what the big dog was going to do. Instead of Grant Sorry's wish you off with Brian another shot of the title next week on a condition if Brian loses, he will leave the blue brand forever. Suicide Bob encouraged Brian to accept the challenge. So he did. It is noted that Brian's contract expires soon and he has state desire to wrestle for WWE and other companies. Um, that should be great, that match. But unfortunately, we have a roar before that. Uh, what were your thoughts on the announcement of Brian putting his career on SmackDown on the line? Um, I, I wasn't too shocked because if I had heard um, that his contract was running out, um, so I wasn't too sure whether or not he really would resign because there, there's also there was loads of rumours as well that he also wanted to retire. So um, I was kind of you know on the ball with this um, because I, I I I just never want to see Daniel Bryan retire. <laughs> No, no, I don't even. I can't wait to watch his match with Reigns. But like I said, I had to watch Raw first. So it's the 26th of April and we see highlights <laughs> from last week. Highlights. What highlights? Uh, that's what, you know, they're, they're highlights. But they actually opened with a tag match. Uh, we had an enjoyable conversation between Braun and Drew. Big man wanted the handicap match. But unfortunately, when I see Braun, I see nipples. Tell me I'm not the only one. Um, They're just always like standing on edge aren't they oh my god like the first thing i see just before he goes on camera do you think just i mean and also like they're probably about the size of my head you know so i I don't really want to kind of bash it but anyway onto the match and he was beaten down drew arrives and the tag match begins at the end low and you see what happens here on raw that they get beaten down on a handicap and it turns a tag match between Mace. Yeah, but don't forget, they reversed it this time, so it was Braun who needed <laughs> yeah. the help, not Drew. Well, I doubt. Well, Mace and T-Bar <laughs> won by count-out, and after it was over, Strowman passed on McIntyre and yelled at him for not listening. But I thought Mason T-Bar sounds like a choice when picking Baron Corbin's name. They were going through the choice. Well, Mason T-Bar? No, I don't like that. Baron Corbin, yeah, that would do. Um, I wasn't too bad. Best Mason T-Bar will get. Drew gets a match with Braun later because, of course, Morrison back with Miz uh, and Miz TV alongside the job of team of Riker and Elias. They had a song, but luckily New Day had tomatoes. And all I thought was, who's clearing that up? You know? Like, who's yeah, more poor, I know. I mean, whoever job? had to clear that up, I felt for them. Horrible. And I think the Hills need to <laughs> catch up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, six man. <laughs> With Priest joining and Morrison sitting out and having the world, uh, word drip in his hair. And the word drip in your hair, Morrison thinks it's really cool. But when I was young, it meant something different to what Morrison's saying now. Did it? Yeah, a drip is, is a, dri- a drip is not a good thing. Well, do educate me. What did it mean? A uh, drip might be you're slightly slow or a bit dumb. Uh, would be you being a bit of a drip. Uh, okay. the, like a slang then. Yeah, you're right. being a stop being a drip, mate. You know, like, and oh, I see that, that, and I see it on Morrison's head, and I think that's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard it. I, I've never heard that one before, but you know, I'm probably gonna end up remembering it now. <laughs> you're gonna call someone a drip soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at least I can educate them now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, after everyone got involved, Woods was able to get the pin on Riker with Inside Cradle, the old Inside Cradle. But it's actually a enjoyable match. I love the New Day. Uh, did they retain the titles at WrestleMania? Because where the fuck are AJ Styles and Omos? Like, um, it's yeah, three weeks I, now. I, I, yeah, did, uh, yeah. Did, did they actually explain as to why they were off? Why, why they've been off? With... Not nothing. Because, Not, yeah, nothing. I, I feel like we're all just kind of like that that one meme of Mr. Bean when he's just constantly looking like, where? You know? Well, you panic when you see releases as well. You think, they went on the LA and we just didn't we didn't see that. Like, you know. Yeah. Well, anyway, it gets better because DeVille bought Charlotte back. Uh, yes, the woman who was suspended. Um, a week ago. A week. What is the point of storyline? You should suspend oh, every... Suspend every Raw wrestler at the end of Raw and say, right, you cannot come back until the start of Raw next Because <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What, what does that really do, though? I mean, did Charlotte learn her lesson? No. Did Daddy Flair probably pay the fine? Yes. Well, back in my day, it used to mean something. Anyway, the ref is a dork. Oh. This was a waste of time. Seamus beat up Carrillo next, but Umberto recovered to send the fella over the announce table. That's three weeks of TV done there, you see. Um, Adnan improving as well. We get a Bobby promo next. MVP says he's offended. It could be a triple threat. Um, he says he's the chief of the Hurt business. What, with just him and MVP? Actually, he's the chief. What kind of operation are you running there? It's two I people. Mean, like- I, th- I feel like lost? MVP needs to realise that, like, you know, it's it's just, like, him and one other person now. Um, So calling yourself the Hurt Business is probably not, like, business is booming anymore for you. Consider there's more people that do the WNL podcast than there are in the Hurt Business. I think, you know, like, MVP needs to learn about that yeah. and kind of, you know, add people. Uh, But anyway, I have no idea what I'm smoking, but RK Bro is an actual... The world's slowest wrestler teamed up with the stupidest. And this could actually work, you know, because oddball tag team. Well, until RKO to bro, hopefully, eventually. And we get RK bro versus Cedric and Shelton. And they actually work well. And the floating bro for the win. Uh, <laughs> Riddle went in for a hug, but all backed him off and left him to celebrate by himself. Uh, remember when Cedric and Shelton were having problems? Neither does WWE. <laughs> I'll get back onto that. Uh, sp- <laughs> Speaking of smoking something, Gaza gave Nia Jax flowers and then she threw them at Mandy Rose. Okay, so Gaza's into Jax now, which is not an issue, of course. Uh, Oscar Lana Naomi versus Jax Baszler and Ripley. Um, We see Rose and Brooke come out to watch for ringside. They threw a bucket of water on her when Jax tried to help her partner. She ended up slipping in the water a few times. This was hilarious. Uh, and then we see <laughs> Jax ended up getting a win with a big leg drop on Oscar. So Oscar loses yet again. And WWE funny. Yeah. I mean, is WWE funny different to, or comedy different to normal comedy? Because I just don't find it that funny. It, it's Vince comedy. Only Vince actually finds it funny. Well, we cut to a playground with Alexa Bliss. She says that Lily's a BFF and understands her, a confident, a mentor, the devil, an angel on her shoulder. But guess what? You can have Lily on your own. You just have to ask nicely. All we have to do is say Lily three times. Uh, hang on a minute. Lily, Lily, Lily. No, it didn't work. Uh, she's thinking Lily grown restless, and now it's time to unleash her on the rest of the WWE. Well, I hope she does fucking something soon because it's been quite a while. 
Uh, and then we see Deville booking a former bestie Mandy Rose to face the Queen. The Golden Goddess was able to get in a lot of the match, but um, the Queen was able to get the win. Um, Sonia is doing a power play now. What are your thoughts on Sonia Deville? Because this is something that they're trying to do now, getting in between, you know, Adam Pearce and stuff. I mean, Deville is quite a strong character, but what are you thinking? Do you do you care about it at all? <laughs> like, you know. Right. So, so I'll say this. I care about Sonia Deville. The the fact that she's returned, I was very excited for. The fact that she's returned in a general manager type capacity has really let me down. And I just don't care for it. And it's really a shame because I really like her, but I also just am not bothered about seeing her. Like I want to see her in the ring. Like she is so talented. I'm itching for a, a feud between a, a singles feud between her and Sheena Baszler just to see that both of them go off with their techniques. And yet uh, she's uh, she's in this capacity and Sheena Baszler gets rolled up, pinned and distracted um, 24-7. I just feel like the, the women that I feel like I'm rooting for, and like Naomi as well, just only gets three minutes a lot of time each week. So I feel like all the women that I feel have potential to be such strong like potential um uh people to go against for the likes of the champions all of them are just being used in a ridiculous manner have you thought about supporting people like lana and uh you know mandy rose and seeing if you no. can curse them, curse them no. the same as you have done with because her. of like do you know i'm really good i'm really good at having like you know in, in awkward moments and stuff where I just like really don't care about the person that I'm speaking to or something. I'm really good at like not showing that, but <laughs> no, I, I just wouldn't even like want to fake, fake that. No. Well, we move on to the main event and Drew and Braun put on a great big band match. I've always, I'm always in for that move for move. Mason T-Bar tried to interfere and was able to strap McIntyre long enough to stroke him into it. Power slam for the win, making it a triple threat match at Backlash. And with this result, Bobby, guaranteed to retain i wonder if it will be drew and lashley one-on-one at money in the bank or maybe something else and where's brock in the summer we don't know but it was confirmed braun Strowman set a first time ever record on raw becoming the first person to compete in the televised singles tag team and same night nice <laughs> okay uh april 30th we move on to smackdown blair started the show she got interrupted by the dirty dogs who got interrupted by the street profits who got interrupted by bailey uh, Bailey then laughed, which led to a six-person tag team matchup. This was another awful way to start. The action yep. broke down. Belair delivered the KOD to Bailey, and Ford finished Rudolph with Springboard Fog Splash for the win. Not a bad match. Don't bet on Bailey at Backlash. Uh, what were your thoughts? <laughs> I mean, you know, it was a good match overall, like entertaining. Thing is, I just felt like the whole bit before it was just really unnecessary because they didn't even give Bianca a chance to talk. And then, like, they came out to say what? Because they didn't get a chance to talk. And then Street Profits came out to say what? Because they didn't get a chance to talk. And then ba- uh, and then Bailey just laughed in Bianca's face. And then that was it. You know? It, it, oh, God. It's painful sometimes. Well, we see Brian. In, it's like therapy. We see Brian interviewed. <laughs> he, he's at peace. Uh, when he wins, he will give Cesaro a shot. Rollins laughs at this. He picks Brian to win and wants Cesaro next week. Uh, up next, Tamina and Natalia versus Baz and Jax for the hundredth time this month. Uh, 
Reg and Nat Nia fucked around at ringside. Tamina re-entered the match, headbutted Basil off the match and scored the pinfall victory. There is no chemistry whatsoever with those two teams at the moment. Um, uh, And I just don't understand why we're just constantly week in, week out, week in, week out. And it's those those four four people consistently facing each other. I sometimes think I've recorded the same, you know, I'm watching the smack. Oh, I've, this is last week's one. Oh, wait a minute. No, no. Yeah. I dream of that. Yeah. <laughs> I dream of fast forwarding. I wish that was real. And that wasn't real. Uh, we see Alistair Black delivering another cryptic message discussing the facade that is a path to happiness and success. He knows the key to breaking through, but refuses to give it to the viewers. You bastard. Um <laughs> And then we get an IC title match next. Biggie and Cruz started hot. Um, we see them getting into a really actually good match until uh, Kevin Owens hit the ring seeker revenge for the Nigerian nail injured last week. He found himself beaten down by the hills in the interview with Sami Zayn. The villains laid out the baby face for Aziz, delivered a Nigerian nail to Zayn and stood tall alongside Cruz. This felt like it's leading to a fatal four-way. I would like to see a straight-up one-on-one match-up when it comes to Biggie and Apollo Cruz. Yeah, I mean, you know, with everyone barred from ringside, just yeah. everyone, just one-on-one standard, no, no stupid, you know, um, rules to the match, just a standard one-on-one match. I think that doubts is always. And can we have a clean finish, please? Following <laughs> this challenge for next week, then the main event we get Killer Prime by Hayden for the match. We get Reigns' new entrance theme. What were your thoughts on his entrance theme? Because Twitter exploded at that point. I, I felt like it reminded me of Seth Rollins' music. Like, it felt very, like, kind of, like, oh, I'm God. Well, I, I thought him and I Bobby mean, went... I bad. I think it's him like... and Bobby went to the same place to get the tune, because it's very similar kind of... I mean, it really wouldn't, it really it, wouldn't it, surprise yeah, me you know if it was, I mean? like, the same, same composer that just worked on both of them. It just shows you how talented Jim Johnson was back in the fucking day to make entrances. Yeah, films, you know? oh my I missed some of his original themes. Like, I'll never get over um, Triple H's uh, uh, first one. I think it was his first one, or first real one, you know, from the Attitude Era. Oh, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> Brian. In the Geller team, but the Bayface escaped and applied an arm submission. He saved into the yes lock. Reigns fought towards the ropes, but Brian pulled him back. The champion powered out. Finally managed to slam Brian to the mat. He pounds it away at the back of Brian's head, punishing him for delivering another powerbomb. Reigns used his good arm to apply the guillotine, choking the fight out of Brian and retaining the title. And after the match, Reigns attempted a brutal chair assault on Brian, only for Sire to make the save. Swiss Superman unloaded on the champion until Joe made the save. Reigns delivered a concerto on Brian while up to the ropes force to watch this is five stars please Meltzer bitch that's all I've put uh, no honestly it was one of the best matches I've seen in a long time both Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns worked so well together and you know this had me on the edge of my seat I I kind of knew what the outcome was going to be but at the same time I didn't because the match was so good you just really didn't know what was going to happen next but the thing is and this is well, I don't usually have a go at Dave Meltzer, so I leave that for other people. But you know, with the ratings with AEW stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, I watch it all, you know, like I say. So it's not a case of me going, oh, fuck AEW. But how can he not be awarding like the WrestleMania main event? That was a five star match without a shadow of a doubt. This one as well. How yeah. can he not be seeing that? It is a case of doing it just to get a reaction 
from the he's WWE just, fan he's base. Quite, he just comes across quite bitter in in every, every sense of the way he he talks, in my opinion. Um, and I I kind of just don't take his opinion at face value because what what his opinion what he feels is his opinion doesn't really matter to me. So I just tend to ignore a lot of the bullshit that comes out of his mouth. I think that's fair to say. Well, Cole seems back to his best on commentary. Reigns is in his prime. This is, of course, a match of the year candidate. Nice to see Reigns win one-on-one. Let's go to Raw. Cesaro Reigns will be incredible. And how can SmackDown be this good, but Raw so bad? I don't know. I don't know. But they really need to start watching both products and realising how different they they both are and actually start you know taking the leaf out of SmackDown's book. Uh, there we see Jinder Mahal returning to action on Monday on the W main event taping. Um, then we move on to May 3rd, Raw. All right, here we go. So we've got a coin toss, and it had Braun versus Bobby as the main event, because that's how you decide events with coin tosses, of course. <laughs> AJ and Omos are indeed alive and well. Uh, did we miss them? I think we did. Grand Slam, AJ leads to Mania rematch versus the New Day. Uh, Styles called for a high five, but the ref took it as a tag. That made me laugh. Woods almost pinned him that's for a roll-up. Yeah. Uh, Kofi was lucky not to break his neck on the leap of faith uh, when he come diving outside the ring, which, you know, heart in mouth time. And then AJ delivering a phenomenal forearm to Woods for my muscle shoulders for the win. Uh, thank God New Day are so entertaining. And when did Kofi Kingston become a killer promo as well? Um, I mean, he just, uh, I think he always was, but he's just not ever always given the right opportunity to deliver a promo like he did. But it's just great. Uh, I must sounds like a bomb villain and wrestled like John and Gonzalez. Um, <laughs> but this was as good as a mania match. Make of that what you will. And then up next, uh, Eva Marie is back with WWE. Were you were you waiting <laughs> for a reaction from me? Is WWE <laughs> fucking with us? Is Ale fucking with us? Do you know what? Right, I was really shocked at first and probably bitching a lot. But at the same time, I remember, do you know what? I, I'm pretty sure that she was, she had been hired for a while and just not used. So I, I should have seen this coming, but I didn't. And it's, it just sucked. It failed. Well, I'm not going to say even Marie sucked or saw anything coming. All right. But she's back yeah. on. She's back on Raw. She says, do I have your attention? I've been thinking about where I've been and where I'm going. Do I have your attention now? Uh, this was just so fucking cringy. And I'm back when really my journey was. started. This is a evolution. Ah, uh, yeah, fucking. Oh like, <laughs> like, can we just move on from from her? Right, because we'll I, go, I, we'll she can. She's a real cringeworthy person to watch. She she makes me feel really awkward as a person. Like, if she if I was in front of her and she was dealing a promotion like that, I would not be able to keep my face straight. I would be laughing my ass off at her because it's so awkward so let's move on from her oh, well one more thing what is it with her and cars all right because the last time i saw her was on the fast lane fucking poster on the network with her sitting on a car and then all of a sudden yeah, she, said, she oh, wasn't got- on the yeah but she wasn't even on the card but she was like sort of the promotion of it yeah <laughs> so, but what is so like you see her go oh she need a car like that, that's what she needs yeah. so, Anyway, Elias and Jackson Riker were trying to get revenge on the New Day backstage with some tomatoes. <laughs> but they ended up hitting Randy Orton by mistake. They said to Orton, tell him video we want to go win another tag match with him. Um, execution maybe not done right, but it wasn't too bad. 
Uh, we see Dana Brooke versus Charlotte next, and it didn't take Charlotte long to apply the figure eight for the submission victory. Uh, Mandy Rose attacked her throughout the wing, ring. Deville came out after the match and claimed she had as Adam Pearce. She allowed Charlotte to make a proposal. I mean, long story short, the Queen wanted the Raw Women's title shot. Deville granted it and booked a triple threat match. So, yes, that's right. The woman who was suspended a couple of weeks ago is getting a title shot at WrestleMania Backlash. Uh, and then we see Ripley and well, Oscar. Wait, wait, wait. You forgot because she wasn't included in that WrestleMania. <laughs> yes, that that's the main part because she missed her there. We see Oscar Ripley struggling. Uh, there were so many wrong things. Um, why not just call a pay-per-view triple threat or freeway? You know, they've done it before, <laughs> haven't they? <laughs> so, like, I mean, I'm pretty sure that that would actually draw a lot more like attention and want people to 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 watch it. To be honest, so they should actually consider that. <laughs> to be fair, I would watch Braun McIntyre lashing in the free. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you will never be seen saying that again. <laughs> well, I'm saying people thought I was going to go the other way. Never. Um, so... <laughs> Up next, Priest versus Morrison six. This feud that won't die. Uh, Priest won this one. Uh, backstage, MVP and Bobby were interviewed, and the MVP was why? What's he going to say differently? Now Bobby's not next to him. Yeah. Um, Anyway, we return from a commercial to see a match already in progress with no announcement made. <laughs> it's Grand Metallic and Alexander against uh, Benjamin. Uh, Benjamin involved as well, of course, tag team matchup. Um, Lucha House Party. And then we see, oh, this is fucking awful as well. Uh, Metallic ended up getting a win for the team. Uh, Alexander grabbed a mic and uh, ripped into Benjamin for being a weak link. He said it was done as a tag team before storming off. I mean, I did mention this, that they've not mentioned it. But, of course, W <laughs> hates tag teams. So, any breaking up a tag team. Uh, Cedric shows a little bit. Of... Ones. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> they can't help it. They want to break up tag teams. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, well, Cedric... I could teach them a better way to break up tag teams if they really want me to. Well, Cedric and uh, Benjamin going their separate ways, and I guess that is the end of the um, hurt business. I mean, it would, it would actually be it would actually be a lot better if the if, if a feud between the two came out of it because of both of them are so so good in the ring. I think that they could really make some magic um, having a feud between those two. But you know what WWE thinks is good entertainment, and what we as the you know viewers think is good content are two completely different things. Well, Drew Gulak challenged uh, Angel Garza to a match backstage and the fire accepted. The uh, Garza now the wing clipper for a quick win. Uh, they shoved a rose down Drew's trunks. Uh, if someone said to me at the trio of Andrade, Zelina Vega and Angel Garza that he would be the one that was left in WWE like a year and a half later, I would have told you bollocks. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There no way. I mean, I have to agree with you right there. I wouldn't have actually, like, if if someone had said to me, you know, like, this time last year, like, um, out of these three wrestlers, who do you think uh, will be left? It wouldn't, uh, my first choice would not have been Angel Garza. No, 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 that wouldn't be my second fucking choice either. So. No, it wouldn't <laughs> my third choice. So, I'm just a yeah, I'm still in complete shock. But then here's me like holding hope out that we are going to see Andrade in, in at least some sort of wrestling promotion soon. I'm not sure that Selena Vega. He should Vega go to AEW. He should go. He should go. Uh, <laughs> he should go. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, they, they, they've got quite a few like luchas already, so I don't know whether or not they really need him. But regardless as to where he ends up, please don't stop wrestling because he, he is a great wrestler. Um, so hopefully he'll get snagged up soon. No doubt. Well, up next, RK Bro versus Jobber Inc., of course, Elias and Riker. Uh, Legend Killer came ahead of steam and took up both opponents. He let a riddle tag in and hit the floating bro for the win. And I said, I'll be damned if I'm starting to like this team. There's definitely something there. And of course, when that happens, it means they'll be broken up next week. But anyway, uh, we see Mansoor signing his raw contract earlier. Uh, he was facing Sheamus. Of course, US title's not on the line. Of course, over the past couple of years, Mansoor has made some appearances. NXT, 205 Live, and of course, main event. And ended Raw on a 49-match winning streak. Um, so it's no surprise, really, when, of Let course... Let squash that to shit. <laughs> <laughs> this is WWE. Come on. Come on. The minute, Mike, the, the minute that they actually said it on the announcement, I even was like, okay, so he's losing tonight. <laughs> you know, well, they, made, they made such a big deal out of it. Just he did get pinned. It, like it was uh, Humberto Carrillo's interference. Um, but is this the future? You know, Carrillo and uh, Mansoor. Um, anyway up next Alexa Bliss in the playground again with Lily she says Lily play, loves to play hide and seek but she's always says find her precarious positions she's got her hands dirty uh, and then she sings a version of Daisy Bell we're it to be Lily um, to me again I do like certain aspects but this is just it's got I, I have no it's faith in this whatsoever can we just get normal Alexa Bliss back now, please? It's because got, got she's a brilliant either. master, but she she doesn't wrestle as scary Alexa. Um, this whole this whole do you know what? Our truth made little Jimmy seem so much more of a real character than this Lily storyline. It's just not working. So can can we're over it? Can WWE get over it? Now? Well. Well, Lana and Naomi make the entrance to send us to an ad break and then Reginald distracted the rest so Lana could not get the pin. Basler grabbed her and the crew through the clutch for the submission win. I mean, how long was this? This was shockingly lazy booking. And then the main yep. event, Bobby Lashley versus Braun Strowman. It wouldn't be raw without a full Bobby entrance. These guys have had their wars before and this was one of them as well. It's not bad. Uh, while the monster among men was arguing with McIntyre, Lashley hit a spear for the win. McIntyre finished both men off with Claymores. It was okay, you know? It wasn't shit. It was all right. Uh, May 5th, Brian's contract has expired. That's what we are hearing the rumours at the moment. And, of course, May 5th was AEW Blood and Guts. Now, AEW got a lot of shit. Uh, or if you're an AEW fan, nothing whatsoever. What were your thoughts on Blood and Guts, the, the, the match itself, and what happened at the end as well? I mean, I again, I might be a bit biased because I am really enjoying AEW and I've been following them since the very beginning. Um, so I thoroughly enjoyed everything that came out of Blood and Guts. Um, the ending, yeah, okay, I, I think it was more fault on the camera angle uh, more than anything. They could have definitely aimed at the uh, had a diff- they had a different camera angle that would have uh, fit it perfectly but also I mean what do you guys expect you've watched WWE content don't bash on AEW because a 50 year old man is jumping off of a, a steel cage like we're all not expecting him to really hit that floor with a thud 
So, you know, we got to stop acting like, you know, there isn't that entertainment aspect. Because, you know, as we're, we're rightly going to see in this upcoming pay-per-view we're discussing, there's loads of kayfabe stuff, stuff in there. And when we're not, I don't think we're meant to fully believe it. So don't, don't, don't bash on the content just because it was a crash mat and not a real floor. I, it didn't bother me as much as a lot of others. I no, but like you said, the problem with the AEW production and getting the cameras wrong is obviously something mm. that's going to happen. But the truth is now is that they've fucked up the end of their yeah. last two major matches that they had. I was going to say, I was a lot more disappointed with mm. like the, the, the outcome of the other match where like... Uh, like it was fireworks you know that was but, really disappointing that that was when i was like oh come on you need to get better at this like did you not do any test runs before like what the hell um so i you know i'm not totally officially on not badmouthing them but i i don't i'm not as angry at the ending of blood and guts as other people are and i think that's just probably because i'm thinking it's chris jericho he's been doing this a while and he's a lot older now like you don't expect sting to be doing that sort of thing either but you know, then that that might just be because of my bias towards Chris Jericho. Yeah, I think it is a little bit. But like you said, it's not a bad thing. Like I said, because there's such good will for AEW that they can get away with it. And the thing with WWE is that they can produce shit and we come mm. back like, do you know what I mean? Because it's WWE and well, that's what all I've watched and all this kind of shit. Like I said, it's an alternative. Mm. But I think my yeah. thing with AEW, and I won't stick with it for too long, but the thing, and it's what I said, if they fucked up, just fuck up. What I Or say, we fucked up here. Don't then try and yeah. play it off as say that they did or didn't do or or have Jericho like with the arm in the sling when he fell like seven foot onto the crash pad. Or like you said with the first camera shot, have it in a position mm. where he falls and then cut away and go, oh my God, we can't show it because how horrific is it? Like I said, we're, yeah, not yeah. him to hit, we're not expecting him to hit concrete. But like you said, with Darby Allen getting thrown down the concrete stairs an hour previously and then yeah. that, there's a little and, bit yeah. of, you know. Exactly. I think that AEW have a lot to learn when it comes to, you know, creating impact when it comes to their pay-per-views. And I, th- I, I like to hope that this is something that they're going to grow on. Um, yes. But, but, you know, the one, the one thing, piece of praise that I will give them is that they do own up to their own mistakes, whereas WWE go, where? What what happened? Nothing happened. What are you talking about? No, that didn't happen. And just act like it didn't happen. Yeah, but then again, WWE can have uh, senior executives or senior people at staff say something, and then it becomes a massive rumor. You got no names, no facts, and yet all of a sudden mm-hmm. it's kind of all this shit. So again, it's the kind of the dirt sheet of the Meltzer thing and and, and all this kind of stuff where you yeah. know WWE is obviously a target, but AEW still got that kind of goodwill against it, and the fans do. Uh, don't get me wrong there are hardcore WWE fans but the thing mm. that I do is like if it's shit it's shit or if it didn't work it didn't work yeah. call it mm. yeah. but anyway yeah. we move on go back to WWE we talk about WWE main event for a second because Ali versus Ricochet have been delivering some great matches on that show now A I don't know why the fuck it's not on Raw uh, and B how can these two men so talented not actually have an opportunity elsewhere or is it just a case of they put it on main event because at least some people will watch it then. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't watch main events, so I didn't even know that they were feuding on there. Um, but I was just going to ask, why is this not happening on Raw? I have no idea. The matches that they had, um, try and catch it on the network as well, the, especially the second one, which is not on there yet, but we'll go up soon. It's just, like I said, it would 20 minutes on Raw would just be delicious. And yet they're yeah. serving us kind of shit 
to eat, you know, which which is a bit of a shame, but that's definitely something to check out. We move on to SmackDown May 7th. It's a throwback edition. We get funky music and intro, even though SmackDown started in 1999, they were doing stuff back again. I'll let him off for this because Pat was dressed like Vincent Mann and Michael Cole was dressed like the No Mercy version of him, which I really liked. <laughs> um, <laughs> we get highlights from the first SmackDown, the Universal Champ, Roman Reigns, Paul Heyman and Jay Uso make their way to the ring. Heyman eulogised the career Daniel Bryan and a 10-bell salute. That nearly cracked Roman. Uh, Reigns said he's a man of word. He got rid of Bryan in his place. He got someone who certainly acknowledged your champion, Jimmy Uso, the turning twin brother of Jay and Fraser men in the ring. Uh, to see him back what were your thoughts when they introduced jimmy back definitely excited you know i again i this is a repeated uh subject for me but being a twin myself it's always exciting when you see the other one return so i was all up for it and i'm hoping that with jimmy's return we will get some sort of more decent tag team um action and it's sad to say because i don't really want to like solely put it on the usos but um the, the Usos as a tag team deliver great content and actually open up a lot more opportunity for other wrestlers to face them and, and they work well with other tag teams so I'm really hoping that this means that the tag division might start to pick up a little bit more I hope they split up Blasphemy Cesaro interrupted the proceedings someone could replace brian he said drawing last from reigns and a sneak attack from rollins teddy long appeared on a special throwback episode and revealed that if sorry beats rollins he will challenge reigns at wrestlemania backlash uh we moan and you know all this shit but there were so many things right with this it was great to see jimmy cesaro is a main event player uh, player and speaking of players teddy long as well you know yeah yeah i mean y- you can't help but smile when you hear teddy long's music so yeah, it was just overall enjoyable. Well, this led to Zoe versus Rollins, and we see the Swiss Cyborg delivering a neutralizer uh, to pin Rollins uh, after Rollins had actually claimed he didn't need the Usos' help, who was at ringside, because of course this was a good match with added story. And then after the match, Cameron's court was displeased. Reigns watched from the locker room, and the shots of Reigns in his locker room—it's like Sopranos-esque, isn't it? You know, breaking bad. <laughs> yeah. it's like, it's like you, you don't you don't really know how, what his reaction is going to be at the end of this match or the outcome of it so you're just sat there watching him on eggshells uh backstage we see seth confronting reigns about the usos costing him the win he threatened reigns telling him to take care of his family before rollins does and elsewhere sammy saying joined teddy long and sonia's real long teased him with a match against the undertaker or king booker before announcing the Big Ten tag team match later tonight. Um, back in Reigns' locker room, a defiant Jimmy Uso told the head of the table that he won't be talked like his brother. He said, I'm no one's bitch. This was brilliant, wasn't it, that moment? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. That was like a real peak moment. Well, SmackDown's been great so far, so here's Carmella versus uh, Ruby Riot <laughs> with two T's. <laughs> No, to be fair, Mella wins with submission in a passable match. There was no time or story given, but who cares? They dropped the ball with the Riot squad. Um, yep. we, we see Brock versus show ring collapse, and then Bailey came out to pay tribute to the women's division uh, and was putting over herself until Blair turned it into a fight. Blair, Bailey used Blair's earrings and hair to down her and leave her lying in a heap to close the segment. I think this should be better. This should have been better. The, the interaction between the two. I mean, I think it could have been, but I also feel like they were told, like, you got this amount of time, just rush it. Like, I just feel like it was just rushed writing. 
Well, we see Jimmy J getting into it, and of course they need each other. And then the Dirty Dogs come out next to laugh at Dom uh, Mysterio. Dolph said he don't deserve to be here, which of course led to a match. Uh, Ziggler talked trash and controlled the match until Dom rolls him up for a surprise win. Uh, they hit home the fact that Dom is here because of Ray. That's nice, isn't it? You know, um, it's not too bad, but just shows you Dolph Ziggler's role, which is kind of sad if you've been a fan of Ziggler for as long as I have. You know, like this is it now. I mean, yeah, like when you when you kind of look back at his his run on WWE, you you can tell that he's been given opportunity, and it's a shame to kind of see where he is now. Um, it is. I just think he could be better than than what he is, but I also just again don't really see. I just don't feel like he's a, a tag team division wrestler. I feel like he should be a singles wrestler. Well, they'll do a singles run with him for six months or so. He'll take some time off and then come back and create another team like he has done with Bobby yeah. or Drew McIntyre or, you know, anybody else. Yeah. But anyway, intergender action followed with the Dublin R's most hated, Reg versus Tamina. Uh, this was a nonsense DQ finish. If the storyline was a dog, it would be put down. Uh, old school, <laughs> uh, school promise for the 10-man tag, which was Cruz, Zane, Corbin, Otis versus Biggie, Naka, Street Profits, and Owens. This was really enjoyable stuff, actually. Corbin, Flat, and Nakamura were the end of days to pick up the win. What did you think of the 10-man tag? Um, Yeah, it was enjoyable, actually. Um, Although, again, I, I just felt like... Uh, I just, I'm not a huge fan of Corbin. <laughs> No, but then again, not many people are. But uh, we see <laughs> Reigns making his way to the ring once more this time with a stern ultimatum, fall in line or take your ass home. We see clips from October and Helena Sale talk about long-term storytelling. The emotion in that match was incredible. Um, yep. But Jim Uso rolled to the floor, torn by the decision in front of him. Would he join brother Jay in a line with Reigns to strengthen the family? Would he stand on his own? Before he could make a decision, Cesaro came from out of nowhere attacking Reigns and Jay. Jimmy hit the ring to defend his family, but in the end, it was a Swiss Superman to close out the show. Uh, one thing I can relate to with the Usos and Reigns is those pesky grey hairs and beards, you know. Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> Cesaro looked great. This show flew by. It was the best show I've watched in ages. What did you think of that SmackDown? Because I think that was the best SmackDown. Uh, it was really entertaining from beginning to end, to be honest. There was a lot that was going on. It's just a real shame that the women's division isn't given as much time to create and build uh, great stories as what we do have on SmackDown, because I think that's the one thing that lets SmackDown down is that even though we've got a strong women's division on SmackDown, uh, I, I feel like the story building lacks. Yeah, no, I completely, I completely agree uh, with that as well. So we move on then. And when WWE first announced that the name of the May 16th event was WrestleMania Backlash, a lot of people assumed the card would feature several rematches for WrestleMania 37. But W couldn't wait the full five weeks to run those matches because this is how many has been booked over the last month. We've had Ray Ripley versus Oscar on Raw, Owens versus Zayn on SmackDown, Cruz versus Biggie on SmackDown, Baszler and Jax versus Tamina and Natalia on SmackDown, Omos and AJ versus New Day on Raw, Cesaro versus Rollins on SmackDown, Lachey versus McIntyre on Raw, and Baszler and Jax versus Tamina and Natalia. Seven of the 40 matches that took place at WrestleMania have already been given a rematch on TV prior to the next pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's that no is... surprise there, though, is there, really? It's this just is called a... WrestleMania Backlash. You might as well have called it WrestleMania 2.0. Yeah, but the thing is, we've had all the rematches of Backlash before we got to Backlash. They've all happened. Yep. Like, yep. it, should be, it should be called 
we've done that now. Like, it's insane. <laughs> like, should be called freeway. Oh, no, replay, instant replay. That's what it should be called. Ah, instant re free play. Oh no. Anyway, we move uh, on. We'll have a meeting about it. It's fine with pie charts and shit. So raw tenth, we got the May uh, raw tenth of May to go home, and we actually start with a match. It's Charlotte Jackson Baz versus Oscar Rosenbrook. I honestly thought Lana was in the match, but uh, the three are incredibly alike. I will say, and I'm not being yeah. blondist, right? Before anybody <laughs> says anything. Um, Alexa Bliss suddenly appeared on the stage with a swing set and Lily Dole she said she wanted to keep her eye on someone but did not specify who tried to make a tag but acted like her foot was stuck Oscar took advantage and hit a shining wizard for the win okay this was awful in place but at least Oscar won and maybe they start treating yep. her with a little bit of respect eh? no tag team registrations <laughs> is, is that like is that a no. thing really I mean the new day we're talking about it uh, Matt Riddle is a moron. The New Day said they would have protected Orton. Some nice backstage stuff. MVP wants to talk business with Braun. Uh, up next, don't hinder Jinder. Uh, and anybody who's watched Jinder Mahal come out now, who hasn't watched WWE in a couple of years, would have thought the Bollywood boys have fucking grown. They've taken that thing in Space Jam and they get massive. Like, it would be <laughs> unbelievable. That is very true, though. That's the best way to describe it. Like, they've gone and come back completely different. Yeah, they're they're monsters. They're like, honestly, just like... They upgraded. They did. They really did. Uh, for, former WWE champion was actually against Jeff Hart. I mean, what's happened to Jeff? But we haven't got that long to talk about it, to be fair. You know, I mean, WWE... I mean, he's just become a jobber. It's, it's, but is that down to Hardy as much as it is WWE because he's just there you know is that a case of um, him maybe I, not pushing I want, to, I want to say that but i mean look at wwe content lately they don't do anything with any of this uh, uh talent that they've got so it wouldn't surprise me if it is just wwe sitting on it on it well the uh mahal beat him uh, beat jeff hardy of course with the cast and then we have slap uh slapjack t-bar be man I don't even know what that sentence says. Tax Drew makes more sense. I have no fucking clue, so we'll move on from that. Veer and Shanky have had no impact on the... Oh, that's what I was going to say. Have Slapjack and T-Bar be the two guys that Jinder Mahal has got. And then the attacks on Drew McIntyre make sense then. There you go. Maybe. Okay, well, let's see whether or not uh, that comes true. No, it ain't going to happen, is it? Um, uh, no. Anyway, we get the new day in our... our... <laughs> the New Day versus RK Bray versus Styles, Omas, Elias and Riker. Uh, of course, the jobbers lose again. Uh, but then after the match, uh, RKO on the New Day as well. Um, and Graves, Saxon and Virk were actually entertaining on commentary. I mean, obviously I wasn't watching it, but I was listening to it. I can hear them both, like, all three of them kind of banter. And it, it, it was all right, actually, you know. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Up next, Seamus finally squared off with Humberto Carrillo. What could go wrong in this one, eh? Well, a sunset flip powerbomb ended with a botched land and leaving the Mexican unable to continue the match. The ref called for the bell. Shit, this looked painful. And then we had Benjamin versus Alexander. I mean, I wouldn't have been upset if this was on Backlash, you know. At least had some story behind it. Yeah. But it didn't. Alexander hit a kick to the head. He screamed at him. He was better than him. The gold standard popped up and hit a T-bone suplex out of nowhere for the win. We then have DeVille booking Oscar versus Ripley because, well, you know. <laughs> you know. Why not? Why uh, not? Os- Oscar hit a missile dropkick for a close two count, but Ripley recovered and hit a riptide for the pin and the win. So my previous 
comment of Oscar one. Maybe they'll start treating her with respect. Well, gosh darn it. Uh, Charlotte mm. is Charlotte is, of course, the face of the women's division. It wasn't a bad match, though. Uh, Morrison versus Priest yet again. Whoever won would get to choose the stipulations for the match. Morrison accepted on Miz's behalf. And the A-list at university cost Morrison the match. And he's Priest allowed to choose what type of match he was wanted. John Morrison hasn't won a match this year. You're not surprised, are you? Nope. <laughs> Main event. Full Bobby entrance. I don't think these two can have a bad match. Uh, versus uh, Lashley, of course. As he booked towards the finish, Strowman attacked the Scots to cause the DQ. He helped Lashley to his feet or hitting him with a power slam. Uh, not a bad ending, but even with ads, it's a long two hours. Even with adverts not in, it's a two-hour, um, very, very long show. It wasn't great at all. And we move on to a bit of news, and Zelina Vega has been at the PC. Rumours are that she's coming back to W six months after leaving. We mentioned Zelina Vega earlier. Is that a good sign, do you think, that she's at the PC? Um, I feel like it's too soon to say at this point. Well... I reckon she will be back before we know it. So we'll move on to the last SmackDown then, May 14th. And Jay also introduces Roman, says there's family problems to sort out. Of course, we get a recap of last week. The champion admitted to liking Cesaro and respecting him as a wrestler. Rainslow is so much more than a wrestler. He reiterated that Cesaro had zero world championship matches. He had 39 um, and then we see Jimmy coming out, sporting a tank top with the words, nobody's bitch. He told the brother to jump on the right team, to which Jay implored him to get on the same page with the family and Reigns. insinuated that the champion would not retain the title against the Swiss Superman Sunday at Paper Union. And Reigns, at his brilliant best, basically, said, if you think you can do it, why don't you go and challenge Cesaro and beat him tonight? Cesaro um, accepted the challenge. Reigns could do a two-hour promo. SmackDown would be a great show. I mean, this is brilliant, really. It really was, um, and it just really entertaining, but also kind of g- gave me sort of uh, family argument vibes. You know, it really felt kind of really realistic in, in how this argument and how this match has come about. You know, there was actual storyline and reason for this match to be taking place. And up next, another match, our first match of the night, and the feud started at WrestleMania, a women's tag team title match, Jax and Baszler versus Natalia and Tamina. And as Baszler attempted to interfere, Natalia delivered a big German suplex on the floor. Back inside, Jax dropped the Queen of Hearts with a Samoan drop, only to fall victim to a supply splash for Tamina. And three seconds later, your new women's tag team champions is Tamina and Natalia. And the emotion she showed, the tears in Natalia's eyes as she spoke up for a tag team partner, uh, and the energy I got, Pat I got my hand I got my hand in the air at the moment for a question. I, I know cool. you can't see me, but I've got my hand in the air for a question. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, why did this not happen at WrestleMania where there would have been a bigger pop and real people there? Why have we had week after week after week of rematch after rematch after rematch just to, for it to get to this stage where they did get it? Because it's um, all about the chase. It means more now, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, and 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 this had to happen the week before backlash because you couldn't have had that actually happen on the on the pay-per-view now well i completely agree because it's weird they booked the title fatal four-way for next uh smackdown as well so you actually had two matches that could be on a pay-per-view that didn't actually happen it was very questionable yeah especially with the matches that we did have at the pay-per-view and i'm sure everybody listening <laughs> to the show we will get on there <laughs> we will get on there in a moment uh no i really like this moment um, of course, if this is AEW, it would have cut backstage as soon as the pin happened. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Uh, no, I'm just, I'm just, the tears. 
Mr. Yeah, Olaf and Pierce. <laughs> really nice stuff. Um, please stop mixing the tag team titles with the singles titles from now. And the fireworks were really good. And um, look at them to drop the titles in the next rematch. Um, we then see, like we talked about, uh, the Fatal 4-Way set for next week with uh, Cruz and Commander Aziz with Biggie and Zayn. And, of course, Kevin Owens getting involved as well and then Ziggler versus Mysterio I remember them kicking off SummerSlam with a banger uh, a few years ago and Ziggler losing to not only Dominic Mysterio the week previously but now Rey Mysterio this week uh, so surely they can't lose at the pay-per-view surely this is a good match for two veterans but nothing ground breaking and then we see Bianca Belair making her way to the ring she told Bailey she's bitter because she was getting thrown down the ramp by the Bella Twins at Rainier while the champ was headlined against Sasha Banks. Before she said much, Bailey interrupted and she sees a bit of herself and Belair and that the story doesn't end well. She's going to end the EST for good this Sunday. And this wasn't good. It hasn't clicked like Blair Banks. And is it down to Bailey or is it down to Blair? Or is it just because it's been put in this position so close to WrestleMania? Um... I actually think it's neither. I think it's just the way that this has been booked. And I think that that's, that my answer probably is reflected because of what the outcome is um, with with the match itself, um, which we will soon get onto. Um, I, I do think both women work well together, but I don't feel like there was enough content or storyline to be building like a, this big feud. So so it was it felt more like a petty feud rather than one as big a, of a feud uh, between Bianca and uh, Sasha Banks. So I, I feel like both women worked well together there. I just, I was, it didn't light a fire under me, but like I said, we'll, we'll see what happens at the pay-per-view. We get Nakamura versus Corbin. Uh, the King scored what many would consider an upset win. And after the match, um, he made a big show, put on a crown, Nakamura knocked off his head with Kinshasa and proceeded to take the head wire for himself. And all this happened, Michael Cole and Pat McAfee mentioned the term King of the Ring no fewer than a dozen times. I wonder, hmm, are they trying to bring back a King of the Ring tournament? If it were I, to be... I, don't, don't do it. Don't do it. Because then what? we're just going to get another Baron Corbin-esque person who wins that no. King of the Ring and just acts like he's king for about two or three years. Like Baron Corbin's been king of the of the ring for apparently like the past two three years. September 2019. September 2019. Well, he's been two, two years. Two years. But, but if they give it, why? I mean, we'll get onto it as well. Why not be King of the Ring be the June pay per view, and then the winner of the King of the Ring tournament gets a WWE title or Universal title shot at SummerSlam? It's a fucking well, easy thing. I've been thinking it for is, years. And I don't understand why that's not actually a stipulation because of what really is the reason for King of the Ring if you don't have a stipulation like that for the outcome. Well, the best part of this was Nakamura with his crown. And of course, anybody that's watched uh, New Japan will know he does love that. And then Alistair Black returned with another lesson, a story from his father about being forged of steel against a man made of ash. He said he would not tell the meaning because the audience is made up not of participants, but spectators. Uh, and then on to the main event. And, of course, we've got Jimmy Uso versus Cesaro. Cesaro tried for neutralize, but Uso escaped. Swiss Superman tried for his finger, but Uso flattered him with a super kick as the action intensified. Reigns arrived and attacked Cesaro during his disqualification. Uso told Reigns it was always about him, that he and Cesaro where he wanted him. The cousins bickered on the ramp while Cesaro attacked Jay back in the ring. Cesaro nearly got the best of Reigns until Jay made the save. Reigns bowed to the floor, leaving Jay to eat neutralizer. The champion and challenger stared each other down. To close out the show, Cesaro said, tall, this 
was good build. Uh, what were your thoughts on SmackDown? What were your thoughts on the build-up towards WrestleMania Backlash? I mean, I don't feel like there was much of a build-up for um, WrestleMania. It didn't really feel like there was a pay-per-view happening to me like that same weekend. However, I've got to admit the sort of main event was it was really exciting. Um, I enjoyed every aspect of it, just seeing Jimmy back in action, but also just seeing Cesaro main event. This is exactly what a lot of people have been wanting for for a while. So for me, I, I just thought it was really, really good way to kind of showcase him and show how strong he is. I think without doubt, and like I said, the build up maybe has not been good, but then again. It's not been great all year, really, has it? Uh, it's been a bit underwhelming to WrestleMania and the Royal Rumble. So let's see if the pay-per-view can deliver. Like the pay-per-views have been doing this year so far. So we move on to WrestleMania Backlash, 16th of May. What better way to kick off then with kickoff? Uh, Kayla, Braxton, Kayla Braxton welcomes us. She's joined by Pete Rosenberg, JBL, Booker T. Of course, they hype the, the card. We get a US title uh, challenge from Sheamus. Apparently, open challenge later on in the night. We get a promo for the Universal title. JB and Rosenberg believe Reigns will retain it tonight. Booker goes to Cesaro. We get a video package on Bianca and Bailey. Deville's on the panel. She praises Bailey, but says Belair will win tonight if she can stay focused. Uh, the panel talk about lumberjack match between Priest and the Miz. And we get a video on the Raw Women's Title match. Deville returns to the panel. Goes on about how Charlotte Flair deserves to be in this match. Uh, and then we see Dominic Mysterio backstage. You can find by the champs, Dolph Ziggler. And Bobby Roode, they attempt to go find his dad, but they won't let him. They ended up sneak attacking him, beating him up, leaving him for dead. Uh, Jamie Lover tells the referee to go find Rey Mysterio. We go and have a break, and then we come back, and it's a US. It's a non-title open challenge. It's Sheamus, uh, and he comes out, calls Adam Verk with Corey Graves and Saxton on it. And who would it be? Because we've seen the stories. Humberto Carrillo could be Mansoor. Who would answer the challenge? Are you? Oh, so did you want me to answer that? No, I just I just wondered why it wasn't Mansoor or Humberto Carrillo when that would have made sense storyline wise, but it was an I open mean, challenge. It would have. I mean, I I was actually quite shocked to see who it was that did answer. And that man was, of course, the man who wrestles main events, as in the main event taping before Raw. That is Ricochet <laughs> uh, coming out here. Uh, and then we start the match, and the high flyer went straight for Sheamus after the bell, but one stiff headbutt from the Irishman put him on the mat. United States start holder kept him on defense for a long time with a few slams and clubbing blows. The one and only was able to break free and hit a springboard clothesline, followed by shooting star press into a springboard moonsault for a two count. Ricochet dropped Sheamus with a backstab and hit a beautiful 450, but the Celtic Warrior kicked out of the roll. Huge knee to the face for the win. What were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was a really good one. I think Ricochet looked really strong. Um, and I think that him and Seamus worked really well together. Um, I just wish that there had been more hype about it, to be honest, because, the, you know, even if they didn't want to give away who it was going to be, they could have done a lot more promotion, um, you know, kind of having Seamus just talk smack and, and, and just be like, you know, I'm issu- issuing an open challenge on the pre-show let's see who answers do you know how many more people probably would have checked out checked it out and that match was amazing so anyone listening in that did not see the match go and watch it it was a really good one well like i say and also we could have done predictions for it because they didn't announce it pre-hand you know yeah. we miss out yeah uh rick shane is street clothes i mean he is so good hopefully Seamus can wrestle some underappreciated uh wrestlers i mean i've said it before i say it again rick shane should be treated like early Rey mysterio with the stuff that he can is no one else in the world that can do what Ricochet can. I feel like 
him and Ollie both have the uh, charisma, <coughs> excuse me, as well as uh, the uh, the skill in ring to be big high flyers. Um, and it's just been unfortunate that I feel like both of them have kind of just had like a a, a slip of just fully having a, a push. Um, but maybe one day we'll get there. Well, what I found funny was Seamus threw his coat and trunks looked like he just got out of the shower or answered the door quickly. <laughs> you know, like, um, uh, out of five, what would you score the opening match on kickoff? Um, I, I'd, call it, I'd give it a four. Not bad. I'm going to give that three and a half. Uh, and like I said, not a bad way to be, or not a bad match on kickoff at all. Uh, we see Ricochet nicking Seamus' outfit and mocking it. That's what Hills do now is just take... You know, the outfits of, of them. We see it with Corbin. We saw it with Sheamus. Anyway, back from the break, and we get more discussion <laughs> about the uh, WWE Triple Threat match. And that's it for kickoff. And then the main show, well, it opens with a video narrated by former uh, WWE champion Batista, featuring clips of his Army of the Dead movie that premieres on Netflix. That movie is sponsoring tonight's pay-per-view. What were your thoughts on the opening promo? Um... Uh- not really much. I am a I'm a huge Walking Dead fan, um, and it it's not because of uh, Batista's in it, but I just didn't really have any particular. The, the, it didn't really do anything to make me think, "Oh, I'm going to check that out." It's, I don't think it's something I'll check out. <laughs> no, but I didn't mind it because it's different, and as long as it's not like you know, angry voice man I mean, talking over that. Yeah. But... Yeah, it's definitely different and a, a lot more creative coming from WWE. So you've got to give them that. So I would ask excitement level for the event, but after all the build-up, I don't think it's really there. But what match are you <laughs> most looking forward to out of the main show? Oh, it was definitely the Roman Reigns-Cesaro match that I was most looking forward to. Well, we get a nice hype video for the opener, which is Ray Ripley versus Oscar versus Charlotte. And I mean, Ripley's entrance in he calls me a fucking seizure. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Uh, Jesus Christ, I should put a warning. But all three competitors circled each other before Charlotte rolled out the ring. Ripley forced her back in, momentarily teaming up on her before turning on each other. The Queen pulled Oscar out the ring and hit a fallaway slam to take her out of the equation for a little while. Ripley and Charlotte then played a game of one-upmanship that ended with Charlotte playing dirty. She tripped in a nightmare on the apron before rolling Oscar back in the ring for the legal choke against the middle rope. The Empress of Smile got fired up and hit a flurry of strikes. Ripley went on a rampage and almost scored the win with an overnight suplex. Charlotte got both women out of the ring and took them out with a moonsault from the top turnbuckle. Moments later, Oscar and Ripley teamed up to hit a double suplex on Charlotte. And after a brief exchange, they both kicked out of a double natural selection. I did think she was going to do a Roman at that point. Uh, but then Ripley was able to take advantage of a mistake from Charlotte and hit Oscar with a riptide for the win. What were your thoughts? Right. Okay. I thought it was a really great match. I think all three women had uh, had the chance to showcase themselves so well, and I think that they all came across really strong. Uh, I can't really help myself but say this, but I'm I'm just not shocked that it was Oscar that took the pin. Yeah. Well, to be fair, we we I kind we all knew we all knew story. it. We all yeah. knew it was <laughs> the minute it was made into a triple threat. We all knew Oscar's taking the pin. Yeah, but this was a really enjoyable opener. Like I said, all it three. Was, it was great a very fans, enjoyable so. match. But uh, yeah, I'm very biased. Everyone knows now that Oscar is my favourite. So for me, yeah, disappointed with the outcome. <laughs> well, I didn't like the finish as much. And I, I think Charlotte should have won. But I, I'll explain to you why I think Charlotte should have won in a minute when we do predictions. But um, 
like I said, Oscar eating a pin uh, out of five. I'm going to give this a four out of five. This was a really, really good match to uh, kind of start the main show. Yeah, it was. Um, but I'm going to be a bit more cynical and give it a three point five. That is cynical. Yeah. Sorry. You know, you know. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> prediction wise, we face off yet again. Uh, the WNR, oh, or even the WNR JR versus Jaxi and you went Ray Ripley, I went Charlotte in this one. Of course, Jaxi takes the point, so she is one nil up. Um, the reason yeah. I went Charlotte is because if Charlotte mm-hmm. didn't win here, it means she's going to win at SummerSlam or or sooner uh, after. The, you, right. the sooner you get the Charlotte, really yeah, get, get, get really the rain out of the way, get the rain out of the way now. Have a you know a one-on-one match with Ripley because the problem is if Charlotte has a one-on-one match with Ripley now, I'm back. There's more chance of probably Charlotte winning. Yeah. Which, you know, yeah, we, we which don't is probably want. Gonna now happen. <laughs> and then get Lynch come back and then Becky Lynch feuds with Charlotte, which we've seen before, rather than having something different, you know? Yeah. Yeah, of course. But again, everybody listening to this, we are diehard WWE fans. And, we, you know, <laughs> like I said, we love this. And we do get, I will get excited about anything. And there's no doubt oh, I got excited yeah. watching sure. this show. I mean, you should. You should be able to hear, hear, you know, the passion in our voices. So sometimes, yeah, it might come across as cynical when we're discussing things, but it is because we are such huge fans of this show. Yeah, we're picking it apart, picking it apart, boys and girls. So we're yeah. fine. Uh, wise, Ray Ripley, 74%. Oscar got 17%. More depressingly, Oscar only got 9% of that vote. And I know that you weren't going to win, Charlotte. Yeah. Well, I know I went to Charlotte, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway... Yeah. We see Bobby and MVP arrive. Miz and Morrison argue backstage, and Johnny Drip Drip is going to find the Lumberjacks. Um, up next, the Dirty Dogs versus Ray Mysterio. Just Ray Mysterio for the SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Uh, this was McAfee's first pay-per-view. Of course, old Pat. Uh, we'll get onto that in a little bit. We see those damn Dirty Dogs damage Dom on kickoff. Probably one of my favourite sentences. Uh, Doctors are... Uh, Ray says he will have more opportunities. He's going to go it alone. And he managed to get an early advantage by using his speed to avoid his opponents. But Rude hit a forearm to the back of the head to stop him in his tracks. For that point forward, the master of the 619 was fighting an uphill battle. Quick tags and attacks target as they were keeping ground. And he barely managed to beat a count out at one point. The high fly cat had a double suplex into a double DZ to give himself a chance to recover. And at this point, I just thought, Shoo, Dom! That's literally <laughs> something in the back. Dom! Shoo! Right? Like that. Like, uh, literally, Dominic limped to the ring <laughs> so he could join the match. Ray refused to tag him and almost lost when Ziggler hit a zigzag. And after taking a lot of punishment, Ray finally tagged Dom, who uh, knocked the show off of the apron before going after Rude. The glorious one planted him with a spine buster almost immediately. And after making a comeback, Dominic hit a big splash from the top rope to get the pin and win the titles with his Faja. What were your thoughts on this? So... Firstly, I was like really pleased. It was like a record um, history making moment. Um, I, I don't want to badmouth this, but I would have done things a little bit differently just because we all know how great Rey Mysterio is. Um, and, you know, th- th- this is an era now where we are introducing the likes of his son into the business. And then when you look at, you know, the year he had last year where he was, you know, on the SummerSlam pay per view facing, off against the likes of Seth Rollins. I don't think it was the right idea or, or right route to go with the whole let's have Ray fight 
practically 75% of the match and then have Dom come in at the end to be the hero. I feel like it should, this, with the storyline would have worked so much better um, if it had been the other way around. Um, that it had been Ray that had been taken out and he wasn't sure whether or not he could wrestle and Dom being the one to be like, you know, I'm going to get this for us, Father. Ray coming out to kind of do the hero dad save um, halfway through the match and then sort of like take a, a big beating right towards the end just for Dominic to make that hot tag back in after having a quick respite and, and coming in and, and picking up the win like that. And I think that would have made Dom come across so much more stronger as as an individual wrestler and as a tag team wrestler but I just feel like they they put it all on Ray and I don't think that that did anything to help elevate Dom as a wrestler yeah no I I would agree with you there right here we go so I mean first off how weak does that make the dirty dogs look you know not only does it yeah. losing twice but losing when they've got a man advantage for half the match you know yeah, is uh, I just think that um, the storyline was there, and I was really engrossed with it, and the match itself was good, and Rey Mysterio was so good, but this was an opportunity to really start showcasing his son, and I just think that they dropped the ball with this. Well, 127 day reign over maybe the most pointless fucking tag team reign that we've had in a very long yeah. time. Uh, how great must Dom feel though? I mean, this must be a lovely yeah. moment, you know, watching his dad growing up and finally being in the ring you know and you know being being um being the first father and son tag champs um i couldn't think of a better father and son duo to have been become the first so big congratulations to them yeah without a doubt right uh, we've got so ray is a legend well i'm just looking at my notes sorry ray is a legend <laughs> obviously uh rude is one of the best tag team wrestlers uh ever from in my eye and it's the little things it's him walking up and down that apron uh and you know what i mean and, and talking smack whilst he's doing it it's a little reactions that he does that a lot of tag team wrestlers will if they're in a tag team match will just stand in the corner holding the fucking rope like an idiot and the whole point yeah. is it, i always remember on your team member is supporting your team member <laughs> You, you know, you, you remember the New Age Outlaws, of course, you know, and Billy Gunn's hot tag was one of these things because of where he was reacting on the ring. And as soon as he got in, yeah. you knew it was going to be fire, you know? Exactly. You know, you could see him getting revved up and fired up on ring, uh, by the ringside. So by the time he actually got into the ring, it was like more explosive, more impactful. Right, and Ziggler is just a pro. You know, he's just like I said, he, he never made it to the level maybe I wanted him to, but he's just he can be put in any position anywhere on that card and just deliver the goods. Uh, and I think maybe that's harmed him as much as it helped him maybe throughout the years, you know? Yeah. But for me, this was just too long. This match was just too long. I, like I said, I love watching Ray Mysterio get beaten up as much as the next person, but it was just too much. Yeah, it was too long, in my opinion. And did you think the camera angle was a bit weird on the fog splash as well? Or was that just um, me? I don't even really remember. It was a, it, I don't know if it was a camera. It was just, we saw the, la- you know, like the landing of a frog splash when it looks like you collapse someone. And the way yeah. Dominic landed was like, obviously with his, his arms out, but the way the camera was, it, you could see it didn't really hit rude whatsoever. Maybe it's just me and kind of the anal thing that I look, you know what I mean? But uh yeah, I don't really remember the camera angle, to be honest. But who knows? Maybe some of our listeners would remember it and stuff. 
like let us know if you if you felt like that trust me the amount of emails i get about me noticing shit like camera angle people go why the fuck i should really remember that when i'm the one picking apart aew's camera angling of you know the chris jericho so i should have picked up on that but i really don't remember it no, no again it might just be me but you never know uh what are you going to score that out of five uh i'm gonna give that a 3.5 yeah, for, you know, I'm going to give that three and three quarters. Because, um, like I said, really, really nice moment we've been building up to that point. Uh, Prediction-wise, the WNR went for the Mysterios and Jaxie went for Rudolph. So that lead... I did. That lead, why? Why? I don't know. Right, so I kind of had, like... So you know when, like, WWE are very over-the-top about, or oh, they could be the first-ever father-son tag team champions you know, and they, they, they throw that in your face so much that, and then they're like, ha, we're not giving it to you. I, I felt like it was going to be that type of moment. So I, I decided to stay and choose the safe route and stick with Rudolph. It worked at WrestleMania, clearly. It, <laughs> it backfired on me, this lesson learned. Well, anyway, it's one all there. Eisman's Duo's got 57%. Damn it. Uh, oh god this next one i don't know where we're going to go with this but up next morrison found zombies before we get on that jimmy did find jay and he tries to tell him he doesn't need reigns they should be tag team champions really really good and now on to the miz versus damian priest in the lumberjack match and decide WWE decided to cross promote of course army of the dead so the lumberjacks for this were people dressed up as zombies uh as the bell rang the zombie ring the miz was distracted but still <laughs> Locked up with Priest. The Archer Infantry sent him out of the ring, but still managed to avoid the undead. I'm going to call this as seriously as I can. When the A-lister tossed his opponent out, he took out a few zombies before rolling back in. He ended up rolling under the ring to avoid them. When he got back in, Priest ran him over a clothesline. At one point, the Miz and Priest were fighting the zombies together. John Morrison came back to help the Miz, but was overtaken by the zombies. Priest got the win and then immediately jumped out of the ring so the undead could take the A-lister. I just said that. So what were I'm your thoughts? Trying, I'm, I was trying so hard to like take you seriously, and it was really difficult. <laughs> I mean, I'm the, the the whole match itself. You know, I, I was just really asking myself the question of what exactly are WWE expecting us to think during this match? Are we genuinely supposed to believe that John Morrison and The Miz both were eaten by zombies? Um, and 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 would be zombies themselves come next uh, Raw or or SmackDown or 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 were we actually supposed to just think of ah those are wrestlers whose jobs it is as are, are part time ta- uh, zombies and so you know they decided to like kind of mesh the two together like you know we all get we all get it that it is a promotion for Army of the Dead but what did WWE want us to actually believe right can i just play devil's advocate for a couple of bits oh all right okay no no no, no, no. i completely agree what, what do we expect <laughs> in a buried alive match or an inferno match or a buried alive match as such do we really think a wrestler is getting buried alive okay like, but wait 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 i've got an argument for that right there right, because we we had epic ample amount of build-up to this match from someone who submitted their legacy having something like the burial mat so taking that into consideration there's a lot more going into that match you're telling me we're supposed to really believe that 
you know, halfway during the night, half of the wrestlers backstage caught a virus, turned into zombies, and then still remembered they had to come out to be lumberjacks, and then eat, ate the Miz and John Morrison, but left Damian Priest because he won. Yeah, well, but the thing is, right? Okay, so that's so bear in mind the concept, Mike. Look, so but it's a cinematic match. Yes, that was a cinematic match. The lumberjack one wasn't. Yeah, but the lumberjack was because they had the weird noise at the end when the match finished to show that it wasn't a part yeah, of any but story. Like, it was, but but there was no advertisement to actually pre-warn us of this. So the question still is, what did WWE want us to actually think? But the thing is, like I say, yeah, I understand. But Kong versus Godzilla match is fine, but zombies promoting is not fine. Then. I mean, they didn't have like a fake. <laughs> I'm just saying. A fake gorilla and a fake dinosaur having a match in the middle of the ring, though, did they? No, they just painted it up as if it was, even though they're bears, that they were fucking... <laughs> they couldn't see. I mean, it would make more sense if they actually had, like, sort of themed the whole pay-per-view around it then. Like, have, like, a sort of backlash. Yeah, no, I don't know. Like, can you see how the level of ridiculousness this conversation has gone? And we're talking about WWE. We're talking about wrestling here. You know. Yeah, but there's. I just think there's a way to promote a, a movie with a WWE wrestler in, but WWE didn't have anything to do with the movie, so they didn't need to go this far and make their wrestlers zombies for a night. <laughs> and have us true, and have us then watch the commentary team act like. They are full-on zombies, not just Tim down from catering, you know? Yeah, but that would have lessened the effect. I think the commentator's losing, got it no, into it and I'm run away. Is, like, no, no, but I'm pointing that, that out. So, like, asking you, if the commentators were acting like that, what were we as the audience meant to truly believe when we saw The Miz and Morrison get eaten by the zombies? And are they going to carry on with that continuity? Well, to be fair, the Miz posted a fucking excellent pic of him as a zombie and said, I do feel good about after last night, guys, don't worry about me, which is clever. Luchasaurus is not really um, a dinosaur, is he? You know, so it's like you said, it's the element of a thing there. You can have you can have weddings, you can have, you know, it's got to be the execution, I think. The, the ex- I think if we were told the stipulation a little bit beforehand and maybe there was some more build up to it then maybe it for me in my opinion it wouldn't have come across as so ridiculous but it just ended up being ridiculous because all I really thought of after that match was are they both going to be coming back as zombies because if they're not that's incredibly disappointing <laughs> well you're forgetting unless they find a cure and then they can serve themselves exactly. before you know, well, you know are about. we going to see them on Raw, trying to find this cure. Well, it would be like watching Walking Dead, wouldn't it? You know, we're watching Miz and Morrison, like... There's a mini-series on that. That might have been actually quite entertaining. I'll, I'll take that over, yeah, I'll take that over Carol and Daryl, I suppose, but, you know, we, we'll, see what, <laughs> we'll see what happens when it comes to it. But, I mean, people going, oh, this is the worst, oh, this is a, a black mark on WWE, and of course Jericho saying it's setting back 30 years, only because some unknown fucking official said it about blood and guts and shit. Uh, but the <laughs> thing is, 
watch Kevin Furderline versus John Cena for the WWE title and tell me that was a fucking. This is the lowest point, oh, you know. God, that, like, oh, yeah, don't. That that still was like still takes cringeworthy moment. Like that actually took place. That actually happened. The thing is, if you WWE your mind to that match, it makes perfect sense of the fact <laughs> that nothing really matters overall. Then it's fine on its own. But because you're expecting other things. I think that's the problem. Uh, Gray's reference yeah. in East W as well was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, actually it was. Um, I was just going to say, I think after, you know, having the likes of even Snooki from Jersey Shore in a match, we really shouldn't be surprised by this. Yeah, like I said, I, I think, yeah, it was what it was, you know. I did like them teaming up at one point, and I thought that was quite cool. Um, yeah, I, say, but I, 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 I mean, cool. don't get me I didn't badmouth bad it. I just laughed hard. Uh, I'm going to try and score it now. Is it my one to score? Yeah, I'm going to give this a two and a quarter. I can't. I, I can't. Yeah, I, I'm I'm going to be nice and give it a two. Yeah, I mean, and we've, we've let that off the hook, really, a little bit. I because... really have. I think I'm being really nice by giving it a two, because, I, I mean, to be honest, first initial thought was to give it a 0.5. So I think I actually was really generous. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens next time we've got zombies at ringside, you know. Uh, Is that, yeah. Felix wise we both went Priest, so it's two all. Uh, Paul wise uh, Priest got 87%. And let's never talk about this again. Now, no. we find out Hell in a Cell is happening in June. What? What? Yeah, that came out of nowhere. I was like, wait, since when? Well, he said he was going to rinse a man or something. They said they were going to shake up the roster, but do you know what I thought and I heard when I saw it and what it meant to me? Brock Lesnar's returning? No, uh, Jimmy versus Roman. No, oh, I'd actually rather have Jimmy versus Jay. I well, I got a feeling they're going to do the same thing with an Ike or a Hell in a Cell match, Jimmy versus Roman, and try and play out exactly as they've watch, done before. So, watch a week a week after it'll be Jimmy versus Jay in there. No, but do you know what? Um, uh see, like, thing is, I, I, when, when the first, when the storyline between Roman and Jay first kicked off, I didn't like it because I was like, no, don't have siblings fight with each other. I don't like it. That sort of thing, right? But then it turned into such a good promotion and and storyline. It it was it was great. So I don't want to say that it wouldn't have the same impact for Jimmy, but I don't want. Uh, maybe this is me speaking from being a twin myself but like it doesn't always have to be do do this with one because you did it with the other do you see what i mean yeah no i know exactly what you're saying but that's the only thing i thought why else would you move it so soon or or, or, or close to after what happened there it would be the overall arc of the story to be hell in the cell to hell in the cell and tell that if you know what i mean yeah i mean let's see let's see whether or not you're right about this because of i i didn't even think about that so be interesting to see if you actually your um theory is correct on this uh well it wouldn't be the first time no but in all seriousness though um and i'll talk about june 20th now because like i said hen the cell and uh like i say jackson you've been with me along this time uh since mm-hmm. september of course uh, and Helena Cell was a pay per view that uh, you missed out on last year, weirdly enough. Had I? Yeah, you did miss it out on the WNR podcast because we did it with, or the WNR did it with Select Match Pod, or Select Type. So I always get their fucking name wrong of me now as well. Select Match Type <laughs> podcast that uh, right. well, I did it with last time. It was basically two guys. 
And weirdly enough, is they've messaged me recently as well and asked me if I'm interested in doing Hell in the Cell coming up in June. Oh, how exciting. So basically what I said to them is that I don't do WWE events without you. So unless you oh. if you're if you're up for it, then uh if you want to come on do the Hell in the Cell and we do it, it will be basically Team W and I going against the select match type podcast we'll basically do like a hell in a cell review if you want to oh, wow yeah bring it on that would be exciting finally me and you get to be a tag team instead of uh going against each other for once <laughs> that would be so great i love that so there we go so that's what's going to happen then at hell in the cell it will time, be like i said come guys uh and like i said there's gonna be uh hopefully a lot more things like this coming up as well uh later this year uh but we see jay and jimmy still arguing backstage and uh, calls jay a bitch but back to the action we get bianca belair versus bailey for the smackdown women's championship and do you know what i might just watch a promo video then the shows because they make this shit look good you know mm. mm-hmm. uh, i uh, even every match i'm going really I-, I sat through fucking three hours of raw uh like that wasn't yes <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that. Yeah, what, that why does this look so good all of a sudden? <laughs> well, we see uh, the match start with exchange of weight slots that ended with Bianca Belair throwing Bailey out of the ring. The role model got right back in and locked her uh, up uh, again. They kept things technical for a few minutes, but as soon as Blair hit the first drop kick, the tone shifted. She whipped Bailey from the corner to corner with a taunt her with a threat of a hair whip. The challenger grabbed Blair's ear and yanked her down to take control. They fought at ringside where Bailey dropped the EST of WWE on the still steps and then suplexed her onto the floor. The role model laughed at the EST until Blair dropped to her right hand. Bailey hit an elbow drop for a two count. They started to build towards the finish. Eliza Blair, where the ref had his back turned, she hit the Bailey to Bailey, but the EST refused to stay down for the count. The champion rolled her up with some help from her braid to get the victory. What were your thoughts on this? Okay, so I actually thought it was a great match. I thought um, both Bianca and Bailey worked really well together in the match. Uh, I really love Bailey. She's just such a great heel, and her evil little laugh was making me laugh a lot. Um, I, I feel like the ending was a little disappointing, and I don't even think it's either women's fault. I feel like it's more just like Vince wanting to kind of constantly jump on this novelty of, oh, we've got to do something with her hair. Now, I really love the little moment that happened in, in the match where she threatened to, you know, whip her with her hair and, and Bailey, who had been just the, the overall obvious bully of pointing and laughing 24-7, then flinched. That worked so well, and that type of thing works. I don't think you needed to have it so that she she rolled her up like that with, with her hair. I, it, it didn't come across strong, as a strong finish, and I think that it would have worked so much better just having a clean finish where Bianca gave her the, the KOD um, and, and, and it was like sort of there and then done, done and dusted. And I would have even like ended it on an even stronger note of having either the likes of Sasha Banks come out at the end of it, not not to kind of rub into Bianca again, but almost just to like be the Bailey to Bailey and just pointing and laughing and then maybe reigniting another little feud between the, those two. I think that, that, you know, and I think the the Bailey to Bailey just before the finish as well was a really nice near fall. Uh, that made me think about it as well. Uh, Blair obviously fits in. Uh, of course, there's a couple of missteps. I like Bailey being thrown into the camera, but Blair's still finding her groove. You know, like I said, the finish wasn't great. I don't want her to be, her finish is her using her hair now. Do you know what I mean? Like, she should be able to 
don't incorporate that into every fucking finish that she has in top matches. Have her beating her opponents and then using that in special occasions and then actually is special then, if you know what I mean. You need to make exactly. it... Exactly, I don't want it you know. to be like her thing. Like That's that. her thing, isn't it, yeah. About the hair. So like I said, you know, as uh, the example I, it, where it works well, you know, with the sort of like threatening of it with Bailey earlier in the match, that worked well. But then when you continue to do stuff with it, and then even try to incorporate in it, that into the into the pin. Uh, I just think it made Bianca look look less strong than what she is. Like she's a strong wrestler, and and you know she, they promoted that through even her doing the assault course and stuff. So they should have kept with that momentum by having her do a clean finish with her with her strong finisher, which is the KOD. Yeah, I completely agree. Like I said, don't mind about the hair she's a lot more than that but like i said really really good match let down by the finish mm-hmm. uh yeah. what are you going to give that out of five i'm going to give it a four and i feel like i'm giving it a four because of the finish i think it would have been a lot stronger and it would have probably been a lot higher um in terms of uh rating if that finish hadn't happened yeah i'm gonna give that three and three quarters mine was a four and then the finish kind of put it down uh, just mm-hmm. a little bit uh, predictions we both went Belair so it's free all when it comes to that poll wise Belair 83% of the vote uh, we then get MVP interviewed Braun made a poor business decision Braun Bobby is an almighty champion we see Drew getting ready moving on to our W championship match Bobby Lashley versus Drew McIntyre versus Braun Strowman I mean these were long ass entries and intros you know when you're looking at your oh phone oh my gosh it was wasn't it I mean it, I was uh... looking at my phone making notes and I must have been looking at my phone for like 20 minutes and I thought fucking hell they're still not do you know what it really really it really did remind me i i did think of you when watching all three of these entrances coming out because i know how much you you point out the fact that randy orton is a so entrance wrestler and 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 i just got reminded of that and i just thought what did did they all watch randy orton's like uh entrance before coming out and said yeah i'm gonna do that (laughs) get to it already and it's not even like they have very entertaining entrances like if you had a real entertaining entrance for example shinsuke nakamura like you know especially when he came out with the violinist and actually there something like exhilarating that's the the cause and the reason why you should have like a long entrance sometimes but there was no need for them to take as long as they did to get to the ring yeah, like I said, I was looking at my phone for a good fucking 15 minutes and they still, <laughs> at that point, it was still like, you know, and WWE champion Bobby Lashley. I go, fucking hell. But anyway, uh, we see Bobby Lashley offering Drew McIntyre on Alliance to start off with Braun Strowman. took both men down before they could agree to anything. Once they got back to defeat the Almighty, the Scottish Warriors started working together. They lifted Strowman up for an impressive double vertical suplex. And as soon as he was down, they turned on each other. And I had premonition, like, you mentioned it earlier with like big men and the tag teams as well. Uh, the two, you know, yeah. the new two men power trip or like the brothers of destruction. Yeah. I look at Bobby and McIntyre teaming up together and I think they could be they're fucking dominant, you know? They they really could. I mean, especially when you, you see, you saw hints of like them working together previously on Raw. Um, however, yeah, I felt like um, with this match, uh, the the momentum was slow to start with before it like really took off. I, I quite enjoyed this one uh, mm. from the get go. No, I do. Geez. I wasn't bad. I wasn't bad mouthing it. I I just felt like it it, it took a while to kind of like get to uh, to build up, but in a good way. Oh no, no, like I said, it's it, 
we've all got different opinions. I'm not going to, yeah, uh, yeah. you know, we've all got different opinions. It's not, you know. Uh, but anyway, the Scott launched the champ with a belly to belly. The monster among men took out both big men with a dive off the apron. And luckily, McIntyre and Lashley managed to catch Braun before he did break his fucking neck. Um, yeah, because it which... looked like he, the way he was going to land, uh, I was a little bit of a, it was a shell shock moment. You didn't right. know if it was going to happen or not. Especially for a like £75. There's a lot of yeah. weight coming down on your neck then if there's yeah. a problem. Uh, yeah. We see McIntyre taking out both opponents with a crossbody from the top rope. We see, like I said, three big men just flying around the ring. I do love it. And then the almighty took out McIntyre. Strowman hit the W champion set of still stairs. I did love that. Lashley turned around, bang, stairs right to the face. It's just yeah, quite a funny it, it was, visual. It was very fun because of, I just felt like um, all three wrestlers had like a chance to let loose. Right now we see McIntyre and Ashley fought on the stage until the former threw the latter through the part of the set. It killed him. I mean, how close are the explosions get going off to Lashley actually going through, you know? Yeah, true. Honestly, I, I wouldn't fucking do it. Um, we've talked about it before. I just wouldn't do it. So we see Strowman and McIntyre training near Falls. When he got back in the ring, the Scottish Warrior hit a Michinoku driver in an impressive show of power. That was pretty mint, actually. The Monster of Men powerbombed him through the announce table in retaliation. Uh, and then somehow they managed to get up. McIntyre threw him in. He nailed a claim to Braun, but Lashley returned throughout the ring so he could hit the spear on Strowman for the pin. What were your thoughts on this? I mean, I kind of knew Strowman was only in there to take the pin, if I'm being truly honest. However, I thought the match itself was actually really good and it exceeded my expectations. I didn't really think much going into it. I thought it was going to be a good match, but I didn't think it would be as entertaining as it was. And I thought it was really good. I thought it was a hell of a match, yeah. Uh, Braun and Drew both. I mean, it's times like this where you see it and you think what these guys could actually accomplish. Of course, Bobby picking up the pieces. I would watch this all day long. Uh, it would be interesting to see what happens next for all three men. But out of five, I'm going to give yeah, this... Yeah, a- I mean... Oh, sorry. I was just actually going to say, I, I mean, I, I want to say that I'm happy that Bobby Lashley still um, retained as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that's out, and I think we will see maybe the eventual match between Lashley and McIntyre down the line, or they might even go a different way for McIntyre to get back uh, to the top. But I think it would make more sense for Lashley than it would be Reigns because at the moment on SmackDown, it's kind of sacred in my eyes, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but out of five, I'm gonna give this a four and a half out of five. I really enjoy. There's nothing I enjoy more than than big men just going for it, move for move, you know. Yeah, definitely. I agree. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to give it a four. Um, I really enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, I, I think that what's to come is probably um, my higher one. My higher <laughs> well, predictions on that. Both went Bobby, so it's four all heading into our last matchup. We are we are tied when it comes to predictions. Paul wise Bobby got 63%. Braun got 25%. Drew McIntyre got 12%. Why... Braun got more than Drew, you fucking... Anyway, um, on to the main event. Roman Reigns versus Starro for the Universal Championship. Like I said, this is Zaro's first shot. Uh, this is Reigns' uh, 39th world title match. Uh, he told Jey Uso to stay back because he sounded like he had doubt in his voice. And it's the little things like that that just make it such mm. a great story, you know? Yeah, it really does. And, you know, I, I've got a soft, soft spot for both Jimmy and Jay, but having Roman kind of come across as continuously dominant, even towards his uh, uh, cousins, it, it, it's, um, it, it really does help create that, that ambience and that picture, like you said. 
Without a doubt. And the Tribal Chief Baxters are in the corner, but they made a clean break. Reigns scored the first takedown with a shoulder tackle. The challenger returned the favour, got a few near falls, forcing Reigns to take a breather at ringside. They kept the pace steady as they traded strikes. The big dog took control again and beat Zoe down in the corner. The Swiss Superman drilled him with a pop-up uppercut out of nowhere. Uh, he brought yeah. Reigns down with a corkscrew plancher over the top rope. Uh, I mean, again, like I said, I'm saying it quickly, but the, the pop-up, like the uppercut, the, the slow-motion replays in this matchup was something else. They were. Well. They were great slow-mos. Uh, we see the corkscrew plancher, just like a man his size doing that. and you just It's unbelievable stuff for it. When you think about it, you know, it's like... Yeah. Uh, we get a running uppercut, the crossbody almost got Cesaro the win. The Charbel Chief counted him on the apron and regained the upper hand, but he couldn't keep him down for the free count. He began rec- focusing on the arm. Cesaro injured early in the match. Reigns even addressed Daniel Bryan directly as he looked in the camera while punishing the Swiss Superman. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do real DB stuff. I mean, even that, he's, just, he's such a heel. Um, yeah, it's working well. Cesaro began to build some momentum and hit a suplex on the apron for a two count. Reigns countered the neutralizer and locked in the armbar. Swiss Superman broke free, but was quickly taken down with a Superman punch. Um, Cesaro broke a guillotine choke and put Reigns in a sharpshooter. The Charbel Chief put him back in the guillotine and choked him out to win after a long struggle. I mean, I can't do it justice when I say a long struggle because there was such emotion and hope with Cesaro mm-hmm. trying to fight it. Um, yep. Uh, <laughs> It was just an incredible... What, what did you think of, of the match before we talk about the aftermath? I mean, just overall, uh, this is is how you book wrestling, you know? I mean, what a way to really showcase what Cesaro can do and yet still manage to kind of have Roman come across as, as the dominant one. I, I felt like they, I felt like the match itself was, from beginning to end, was just perfect. Right from the very start when they both were refusing to go down that that standoff that standoff of strength it really kind of gave that that real um standoff between two alpha male uh vibes and that feel you know and you really just didn't know what what the outcome would be um the whole match itself was just amazing in my opinion and and it could be a strong contender at this point for match of the uh for ma- match of the year um i really enjoyed it thoroughly I thought it was all right. Uh, no, I'm joking. It was. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was. Oh, and do you know what? I think, it, as you said as well, I'd like uh, what I'd like to touch upon what you said towards the end of the match as well. That you really could feel the the force of of Cesaro wanting to fight through consistently through that, even with that injury um to his arm that they definitely emphasized throughout the whole of the match and everything like that and still I felt like he came across still one of probably more on Roman's level when it came to strength it was so impressive yeah. it, it was great you know like I said the, the, the redness and the, the blood on the arm and all these little things that made it more high impact and, and again the old Cesaro yeah. thing of not getting pinned or or submitting and passing out you know it, it makes you know, this is what's thing, and no one deserves it more than kind of Cesaro. And it's a bit strange that Miro's kind of coming up in AEW the same time Cesaro is in WWE after both of them have kind of had that same career as a kind of foreign hill, so to speak, and working yeah, their way yeah. through it now. Um, but I mean, the, the match itself is unbelievable. Like I said, what a war! No help whatsoever from Reigns. Reigns is the man now, he is a new yeah. Cena. But his character is yeah. on a completely different level. I mean, Cena main event is his fifth WrestleMania at WrestleMania 29. And that was his last main event match. You can't say the same for Roman Reigns. 
accomplish anything, couldn't he? Exactly. You're right there. Is, I mean, it's just, let's just say, you know, I was saying, I, I, just, I know you know, but, you know, take a moment just to appreciate, because we didn't appreciate when Cena was doing this, and I think with Roman might be another thing of, but it is different level shit. It is without a fucking shadow of a doubt. Uh, yeah. But then after the match, Jozo attacked Cesaro with Reigns' blessing. Seth Rollins came down. We weren't sure for a second there because he had the face off with Reigns. Uh, but then he started smirking and joined in on the beat and putting a chair on a Swiss Superman's arm, whipping it to the ring post before hitting a stomp to end the show. Were you surprised it ended in this way? Um, surprised that Seth Rollins came out, to be honest. I was I, I was trying to really think, that, first of all, who are you coming out for? But secondly, why are you, why are you coming out? Like, Cesaro kind of dealt with your ass already. Mm. Um but I, I do get it that, you know, Seth Rollins isn't letting go of this and doesn't like that he's been made of a mockery. So I do get, you know, the, they're clearly continuing that probably um, in order for us to not expect too much of a, a, a long stint between Cesaro and Roman. Hopefully Cesaro will, will get another opportunity and another push for the title at, at some point. Um, but I think I think that they overall they... They did this with Seth Rollins, perhaps to maybe uh, continue the storyline between Cesaro and Seth, which is not necessarily a problem. But yeah, it, it, it was a little confusing at the end of the match, I must admit, because I was just a little bit like, where are they going with this? Yeah, it's kind of like, you know, building up to, oh, you can see them two in Hell in a Cell now. Do you know what I mean? Like I said, moves yeah, yeah. away from that. Focus with I mean, Roman personally with, as well, you know, I really kind of would have, it really would have felt like a real feel-good moment if they'd have had that and then, you know, maybe him and Roman teaming up on Cesaro and then just have someone like Nakamura come out and just kind of end it on a feel-good moment like that of saving his friend or something, you know, that could possibly lead into, say, a tag team match on SmackDown next week. But again, I'm not asking for much. Like I think overall the match was great. I was just a little bit confused with the ending with Seth. And it even made you think that maybe Daniel Bryan could still make a return. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could could have come in for the save as well, I suppose. That would have been fun. But the thing is, though, we've been doing this a long time. And how many more, you know, questions and going out and and, and excitable things as well, possible things that could happen and go, well, Reigns could feud here, Cesaro could feud here. I mean, it's good time at the moment. You know, the SmackDown main event scene is the best thing in WWE, probably by a country mile at this moment in time, isn't it? Definitely. 100% 100% agree with that right there. I mean, they they really do need to, rule. really do need to start looking at SmackDown when it comes to continuity of storylines. Um, that being said, though, um, I also feel like uh, Vince probably could really needs to consider laying up on what he seems to think is his version of Comical because I don't think it's it's working out in WWE. No, uh, but uh, talking about comical as well, and, and Vince, of course, used to be a commentator, Sigma Slink. Pat McAfee had his worst night uh, so far as well, kept being corrected by Michael Cole like a fucking school teacher. Uh, <laughs> back to the match, though. Uh, five for me. What are you going to give it? I'm giving it a five. Yeah, without a doubt. Both went for Roman Reigns, so we drew this one. Final scores five all when it came there, so I guess we're both I, happy I, with that. I, I, I lost on purpose. I let you. I let you um kind of draw with me. Yeah, that's why I keep saying. Uh, so, so, <laughs> that's what I've been doing for six months. No, uh, so poll wise, 
Poll-wise, Reigns, 65% of the vote. Uh, so our match of the night is, of course, the main event. Uh, so the other two now, who was the MVP of the night? I'll give you my MVP first because I think it's the best he's looked in a very long time. I'm going to say Braun Strowman because he showed me tonight. I thought, right. yeah, maybe he's got a little bit more about him than I give him credit for. And it felt like the old Braun Strowman. No, I do understand uh, your reasoning for that pick. I think mine's is a bit more on the nose. Um, I'm going to go with Cesaro. I just think it was one of his most standout matches and he just looked great even though he didn't win. Um, So in my eyes, yeah, Cesaro. So we have got our match. We have got our MVP. I'm just writing this down because do you know what? Weirdly enough, and I will mention this for the first time now as well, is that I keep a note of all the scores and the predictions that we do. And at the end of the year, we can look back and find out who won overall and who match of the oh, year. Interesting. Was, exactly. Who's match? What what match? You know, when you go, what was your match of the year? We can look at all the W paper and you go, well, these are the ones that we ran. Up, oh my know, gosh, so. it'd be so good if you quizzed us and see if we get it right or get it wrong when there are our <laughs> own actual answers. No, wait, actually, don't do that. <laughs> I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail. Don't do that. <laughs> uh, well, we've got our new game. So anyway, uh, out yeah. of 10 for the pay-per-view, I am going to give this an eight and three quarters out of 10. It was great wrestling, but if you skip the show, you're not miss much and you're going to see mm. it on a shitload of replays anyway, uh, post uh backlash uh what are you yeah. going to give this page I, I, i'm going to give it a 7.5 and i think that's being nice that, that is fair enough <laughs> uh and of course we asked everybody on twitter what they thought of the show as well uh okay and good tied 36.4 percent uh great was 21.2 percent and awesome was 6.1 percent but that is it uh don't forget of course all social media twitter at the double podcast I'm at the uh, WNRJR. Do you want to just plug your stuff quickly? Yep, I'm at Jaxie Scarlett on both Twitter and Instagram. Well, WNR also on Facebook and Instagram. Of course, all the Google platforms send us an email at WNRPodcast at gmail.com. And of course, YouTube, where the podcast got at the same time on YouTube as do SoundCloud on your phone. Also, Spotify and iTunes, where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. So that is it. That is everything that we can talk about uh, for WrestleMania backlashes. And we liked WrestleMania so much, we had it twice. You know, can you believe that? Exactly. How uh, lucky but- are we? Honestly, it's been fantastic. Uh, the next episode <laughs> on the WNR podcast will be Impact Under Siege with the Ultimate One. The next time I'm joined with Jaxie uh, will be Hell in a Cell. And I don't know if you're up for it or not, we have to speak. Maybe uh, meet up a couple of weeks beforehand and do a couple of Raws and Smackdowns because obviously we won't be able to do the, the full thing we do every month yeah, with uh, sure. these guys. Yeah, definitely. And we can talk tag, tag team strategy see how we can yes. win this well like <laughs> it's I gonna say, be fun it's gonna be fun uh it's gonna be the dubinar versus select match type podcast that's coming uh at hell in a cell but until then i've been james Rollins and i was joined by the fabulous jaxie sky again thank you so much for joining me and it just flies by uh and what another great show that we've done definitely and again thank you for having me on here i'm definitely looking forward to hell in a cell so let's go <laughs> All right, no problem. <laughs> All right, well, like I said, thanks for listening, everybody, and bye.